the bag long enough, you're going to get the mesh. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell. And not only is it back, folks, it is back with a bang, bang, bang. Try and stop me. Bang, bang. Coming at you all box all the time on this Tuesday morning. The life of BC fresh off a trip to WrestleMania. Do you care about that? I'm not really sure you care about that. I know my co-hosts don't care about that. But before I bring in Big Red, just want to remind you of a couple things. This show, of course, still backed, jacked, packed, and underwritten by that one and only performance-enhancing audio. And if you like this show, please, please do us, please leave me alone. Please do us that solid and head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, I don't know, MySpace, uh, Tinder, wherever you swipe and, f- and listen to fine audio and leave us that five-star review. Yes. All right. Let me bring in my co-host, the pride of Los Angeles, a native New Yorker, a New York Times best-selling author. He touches M's on the side. His name is Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick you up. Let me skip you down in the zone. Let me lick you all skip, skip, skip. Oh, baby, bugs. How is it, bro? It's it's. It feels like it's been a long time since we rock and roll. Didn't we do a show last week? I don't know anymore. There's no time and space. I'm coming off of WrestleMania. Everything's fake right now. Your time, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all the same to you. You had a very long weekend, I believe. And, and wrestling, I don't know how wrestling fans, wrestlers themselves, the wrestling industry, I don't know how you all do it because every show lasts six hours and everyone watches all six hours of every show and comments on it. And they have them eight days in a row. They, they pack seven, like, like 10 days into seven days in a week. I don't know. The, the wrestling world is different. Yeah, it is. It is pretty much different. You know what I was uh, pleasantly surprised on? I met a lot of marks, which means, you know, pro wrestling lovers who also listen to the State of Combat Pro Wrestling Edition and live and die by it. And while meeting these bros, in fact, right after on the streets outside of MSG Saturday night, I met one of our uh, we have a thing going on the, the wrestling podcast called the Mount Rushmore Rafe. Imagine if we had not one. Alex Godinez, but like four and another 35 knocking on that door trying to become the next D's nuts. You know what I'm saying? We got this guy named at Twitter, Black Saber Jr., who I met in the flesh. Great dude. We talked wrestling. Then he goes, by the way, I listen to all your shows. I listen to the box pod. What's up with Dwyer? And I'm like, I'm thinking about getting Dwyer on this show, bro. And he goes, no, never meet your heroes, Rafe. We've heard that before. It's probably good advice. This is from one of our strong listeners. He had some friends who also listened to our box. And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should take that advice. I know I sound like a crackpot. Not the first time. Ah, Rafe, did you watch any of the seven and a half hour extravaganza known as WrestleMania 35 from MetLife? I did not sit, man, they, they had to do MetLife. They had to go to the football stadium in Jersey. That's garbage. And then they didn't um, properly set up the train schedule, Rafe. So people sat out, stood in the rain for upwards of two to three hours after the 1230 a.m. card ended trying to get a train back. Those trains are like the, the sewage paths of hell. 
after an was it New Jersey Transit? Yeah, and I and I was with uh, some CBS Sports employees who paid cash almost two hundred dollars just to get us out in a gypsy cab, and we were lucky to be alive, Rafe. Uh, hey now, hey now. There, we can talk gypsy kings, but we cannot talk gypsy cabs. All right, that that, that is offensive. That is inappropriate, at, to say the least, Brian. Um, while we're on the subject of wrestling, I had an awakening in the past week about a wrestling concept. He's not a wrestler, but he is a heel. I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez. Whoa, whoa, heel bro. Canelo. Whoa. What? I'm turning. I'm t- there's some so, he, so Canelo's Instagram stories have been on fire in both in ways both good and bad like in ways that it if you watch it it might move while you watch it oh, he's God. he's half naked doing these kettlebell workouts with flute music then he's doing these crazy poses he's got the uh workout heel John Tucker must die from uh, Guadalajara going to the max. I thought you were going to say he's got the I, whole world in his pants, Rafe. Possibly, yes. Yes, including every woman we've ever met. Um, <laughs> I'm pro boner. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm pro boner. I'm turning pro Canelo. What? I can't believe what's happening to me here. One, I, he's just a really good fighter. And I... I and I think it's that kind of thing where I've only experienced this mostly with bat, like basketball players who've had long careers where I went from loving them to hating them to loving them to hating them again. It, it, the, the, the curve is coming with Canelo. And I think my favorite thing, his entire career almost, the thing that he does better than any other fighter is another wrestling thing, the no-sell. Canelo yeah. no-sells everything. He no-sells his interviews. He no-sells his fans. He no-sells his opponents. He no-sells power shots from Gennady Golovkin. He no-sells the entire English language, which he understands and speaks, <laughs> but refuses to do publicly. I love that. Every He's the question, king of the no-sell. Every question you ask him, he understands because he knows English. And then he responds with no as his response. Every single time you could be like, you know, uh, you know, Triple G coming back, blah, blah. No, and then goes into like a Spanish, uh, you know, thing. Yeah, you're right. Wow. So you're saying he's so heel that he's come full circle in your heart. Yes. Yeah. Who's who's a good wrestling uh, analogy for that historically? Something that I'll understand. No, don't give me none of these new guys. Like a Razor Ramon. Say yeah. Hello to the bad guy. Yeah, it works. It works. I'm in, I, I don't know. I, I'm just coming around and I, I'm, I'm already gearing up for all the no cells in the, in the Jacobs fight. Danny's going to hit him with that stick. And yeah, I already know Canelo's <laughs> going to shake his head, you know, and then Canelo's going to hit him back. Danny's going to shake his head. It's gonna, the no cells are going to be on point. I stopped Canelo. I knocked Canelo out. Wow. Wow. I'm ready. What? You know what? This is what? This is May 4th. I'm fired up for this. And speaking of WrestleMania and DAZN and the crossover here, uh, as you may already know, DAZN is going all-out marketing-wise, Rafe, ahead of this May 4th Canelo-Jacobs fight. And the fourth, you know, being honest, DAZN launched last September, right, with with uh, Anthony Joshua. But this is their first giant, real sort of quasi-pay-per-view. You must see this fight. And to see it, you got to pay the, the money for DAZN. So they're going all-in with not only ads on 
uh, the Ringers podcast, Bill Simmons, John Skipper, and uh, I mean, you you got to meet the boxing fans where they're at. You know, I mean, that's a that's a that is a network that has really devoted itself to boxing in really important ways. Really done a lot to support and uplift the sport. So it makes sense. No, I mean, it, it's a move going after casuals. Good luck. A lot of casuals listen to that. It's a service that some boxing fans have, and also. Over WrestleMania weekend, people started to notice we were at NXT TakeOver on Friday, and on the big screen, they'd show who was in the next match, and they'd have a big giant DAZN logo on the bottom right corner. They became the presenting sponsor of NXT TakeOver, and when the WrestleMania card opened, there was a little uh, uh, what Tracy Morgan DAZN commercial in the beginning, Rafe. They're going for it, brother. They're going. You know what? You know what this is, Brian? A lo- people are real good at smelling a sucker. Especially a sucker with money. Somebody throwing dumb money around, everybody's going to show up and take a little bit of it. Whether that's other media net companies, whether that's advertisers, whether that's uh, boxers, you know. When, uh, boxing especially, we're good at sniffing out somebody who's throwing around money recklessly because that's how you get rich. So go take that money from them. Hopefully it works for them. But if it doesn't, you still get to keep the money. Make that money, player. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, money... That's what I want, Rafe. Uh, wow. All right. Hey, this show this week, right now, the CBS Sports box house of, uh, of pod is going to give you, uh, we got some big fights to preview this weekend that we're going to get into later in the show. The return of my pound for pound king. I don't know where he sits on your throne, Rafe, or if he sits at all. Uh, he's, he's actually used my throne, if you know what I mean. Oh my God. He thinks he's the B-E-S-T? Of your throne. This week he'll be returning Friday night on ESPN. Uh, one of the <laughs> he dropped ESPN. a pound for pound deuce in there. I swear to oh, God. Oh my God. Uh, his opponent this week will be. I have a fight uh, with a, a Thailand guy. Some English guy. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Also, Rafe, they're billing it this Saturday, Atlantic City Showtime, as the biggest fight in women's boxing history, a unification for all four middleweight titles when a pair of unbeatens, Clarissa Shields and Christina Ladyhammer drop by the Boardwalk Hall to settle their two-plus year beef. We played sound on this show in the past about this beef this week. Really good interview with Clarissa Shields to get you fired up for this card. Rafe, I'm feeling it. There's trash talk. There's this is unbeaten. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance. I'm going to be part of uh, Showtime's weigh-in coverage this week. I'm, I, I am cashing them checks. I am touching H's and T's and, and whatever, Rafe. Uh, maybe not M's, bro. I mean, let's be really be honest here. But uh, are, are, in terms of your needle, Rafe, for mm. this fight, can you give us an update? Oh, Brian, it is off the Richter, off the chain. I cannot wait to see you and Kieran Mulvaney and Kiernan Mulvaney and Eric Raskin sitting up there on the dais, breaking down this way in. In fact, that's going to be – there's going to actually be some suspense, right? Because wasn't Christina Hammer tweeting something about uh Clarissa Shields not making uh, her seven-day wait for, for this fight? I did not see that, in fact. That, that's well, there's a, a little bit of intrigue around that. I know is the, she going to make weight? Is she going to yeah. look weight drained? At the press conference, Hammer was saying, you know, be careful. Make sure you make weight. Because, you know, Shields had been fighting at 68. She had fought at 60 before. But, I mean, she's talking about if she wins this, maybe going down to 54 and trying to get uh, pound-for-pound queen Cecilia Brakis to come up from welterweight rape. 
Big business coming up. Big business ahead. I'm just wondering, Rafe, if you're like Leila Ali, you're 41. You haven't fought in what, like a, almost like a decade, right? Is there enough money for her to come back and us doing some, like would it, would you, would I, it move you if she came out of retirement to fight Clarissa Shields and we made this like giant women's like pay per view? Would it move you? No, no, not really. But, How dare um, you? I, I mean, are, are today's women not uh, I, I, on that level that Chris, that, that, that Leila Ali would look back and say, Oh yeah, I could come back. Like, no, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know phys- I mean, I know she's very much fit and in shape. Leila Ali, she's got a, you know, she's a, she's a, she's got a lifestyle brand. She's doing great stuff in her life. I don't know if she's ever even thinking about it, but I'm like, when you look, when you suddenly go, wait, how old are these legends? Now that women's boxing is taking off again, you know, would they want to come back? I'm not saying Ann Wolf is, is, uh, is up in that bullpen right now or, or that I even know what weight class she fought in, but I'm getting excited about women's boxing. He took his nuts. Take his whole soul away. Take a whole soul away. Christina Hammer, Lady Hammer. Yeah, all right. Would, uh, if you were, if you were in uh, Ann Wolf's corner in one of these fights, would you, would you oh say you God. took her nuts? Uh, you took her vagine. Now you must beat oh, her clean. Oh, you know? oh no, 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 oh God, no, Damn. no. In my favorites folder right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow, that's one of my favorite moments. Bang. Bang, bang. I just don't think Broner at this stage of his career has the reflexes to deal with the bang, bang. We'll find out if Clarissa Shields or Lady Hammer does. By the way, Shields, good-ass interview. I don't care what you say, Rafe. I know this game. You got to listen to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm calling my shot. These women can talk. They can fight a little bit. We'll find out more later in the show, Rafe. Hey, Rafe, it's a busy time for sports. As you already know, you're a giant pro, pro. How about college basketball fan? And we're fresh off of March Madness. But Rafe, it's a great time to be a sports fan in April and May. Not just because of fights, not just because of horses, not just because of the mania, not just because of the chups, which is what they call college basketball these days. It's also our favorite time of the year, Rafe. Because on CBS Sports, there's a tradition unlike any other, and it is called the Masters. And, Rafe, I know you already know that CBS Sports is where you can get direct streaming access on your phone, your computer, wherever, to live coverage all day for each round of the tournament. The coolest part here is, Rafe, you can choose between four different streams. Just don't cross those streams, brother. Whenever or whether you want to watch the featured groups of the day, you can follow the field as they come through Amen Corner, watch them on holes 15 or 16, or see the top golfers getting ready for their round on the practice range. We've been looking forward to this week, Rafe, at CBS Sports since the last green jacket was awarded. So you really don't want to miss a second of the action. The best part, you want to know the price, listeners of the State of Combat? Free. No need to pay a subscription or have an expensive cable package. No $9.99 for this one, brother. You can watch by downloading the CBS Sports app today on your phone or visit cbssports.com slash masters first cut today. And while you're there, be sure to tune in to watch our own CBS Sports golf analyst Kyle Porter break things down on the free 24-hour sports news network. He'll be reporting live from Augusta National all week. Rafe, it is about that time. Masters, time to put that jacket on. Who's your favorite? Uh, Roy it up, BJ Singh. Uh, my favorite, my favorite golfer of all time is Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Hands down. 
hands down, all right? <laughs> Happy has that stick. Are you going to the Waterbury Open? <laughs> yeah, uh, wow. Um, Rafe, is Tiger still active? Is that a thing? I, Tiger Balm, I use that some. Brian, I'm a city boy. I, I honest to God have never set foot on a golf course. My father has standing orders to me that if he ever were to take up golf in his old age, and he's getting up there, but at some point in time, if he does take up golf, he told me to shoot him in the head with a shotgun. Oh my we're God, not golf Ray. people. Ray, that's, what is- that, that just means he's never going to do it. Like it's not part, it's not in our blood. Wow, you city folks. We're fighting. That's what men do. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you I'll never golf. You the uh wow, yeah. Um that's... I'll never pitch, I'll never wedge. Folks, that's not the way men do it. Wow, okay, Rafe. All right. Um do you think Tiger is soon like how long after the 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 round at the Masters at Augusta National ends does Tiger pick up his phone and think about How how uh, like instantly or or Great Perkins is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, maybe uh, hey, maybe you can grab some beer uh, to watch the Masters this year, Rafe. Maybe get a uh, uh, a six pack. They both look great. They were cut off. They had six packs, eight packs, twelve packs, twenty four packs. They had it all going. Yeah. Okay. Hey, maybe we should get into this show, Rafe. It's time to pour one out to one of the greatest boxing institutions known to man of late if you want to watch a great fight in a great state of california and you're a serious boxing fan previously there was only one place you could go right let me pub the bar here hooters campbell california great spot to see uh canelo fights so i'm at hooters and you know the rest well, Rafe, there's a little more to that story now, as our fine listeners of the SOC have pointed out, the Hooters in Campbell, California has shut down. They've ceased doing business. They went the way of HBO Boxing, brother. Brian, you know the rest. Something, something must have gone down in there. The wire must have gotten a little wild, and uh, things got out of hand. You know the rest. It was a Canelo fight. Great place to watch a Canelo fight. We'll have to find another Hooters. Wow. Guys like this run red lights. And, and apparently this, this place, uh, <laughs> is now has a big stop sign out front. No longer, Rafe. Can you, uh. Can not you, a service that I have anymore. Yeah, not, not anymore, Rafe. Wow. All right. Hey, it's time to get serious. Let, let's, let's start off the show the way we always do, talking about what's important. Let's talk math. Let's talk boxing. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Oh, I love that. I love that uh, sort of uh, – dis- di- what is that called? The disclaimer, Rafe? Yeah, yeah. I've got to be very careful because, you know, there's a lot of litigious people out there who might who might be mad that the hedge bet they put down <laughs> on Mikey Garcia didn't pay off. And they want they want someone to pay the same the same kind of folks who want to sue Manny Pacquiao after losing to Floyd Mayweather. You got to watch out. You can never be too careful. Yes, we always also uh, haven't done this in a while, but we like to often start off this show with uh, with a morning bird call. That's a bird call, and that's why boxing is a hood sport, Rafe. Um, 
Hey, there wasn't a lot of box to recap this weekend, but a sad story. We propped it up with excitement last week out of ignorance, but uh, Ricardo Moyorga did return in Guatemala at age 45, and he did return as a friggin' light heavyweight, and he got sent to hell via KO1, which is not the surprise. The surprise was to find out his opponent, whose name I do not have in front of me, was making his pro debut. Rafe, is this as... Uh, as bottom of uh, is it does it, can it get any worse than this short of death Rafe what what uh oh, there's no say that. Rafe there's no happy endings in boxing unless you go to girl collection so really um what do we do with this we just we just we just take the L and move on uh, we look I think in this case we uh we just have to be thankful that we did not see this on domestic television or any of the streaming platforms pretend it didn't happen and hope it doesn't happen again there isn't there's not going to be any good news i'm afraid ever again with ricardo mayorga in the headline we're never going to see that again so hopefully he stays out of the news stays out of the ring and and finds some uh, something else to do with, with 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 the rest of his days I don't know the exact uh, skin pigmentation of his opponent over the weekend, but I will say that Mayorga did find out once again the hard way. That, hey, that black guy, he hits hard. No, 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 no. Um, if you were Mayorga, though, and you were just washed and looking for a payday because this is all you know, right? Remember when Miguel put his head on Melissa's shoulder after the trout fight on that great Showtime All Access epilogue? What did he basically say over Rafe? He said... I, what else? This is all I have. This is all I know. This is all I can do. I mean, this is Mayorga's life. So why doesn't he call up the BKFC, Rafe? Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. And I don't know if you saw it last week, Rafe. But Paulie Malinaji walked into the media day on Tuesday at Gleason's Gym in Brooklyn, his backyard. And I know you don't know a, a ton about this guy, Artem Lobov. Let me give you the lowdown on Lobov real quick. All right, Rafe? Training partner of Conor McGregor. Like Conor McGregor's brother for life. Like the boo boy to Conor's Manny, if you will. Right? Mm-hmm. Has uh, a record in MMA of something absurd like like 10 wins and 16 losses. Like ridiculous. Yet would get all these like main event opportunities because he was Conor's boy at the peak of Conor's peak of business. Then he got cut by UFC, goes to BKFC. And now you know Paulie's trying to get Connor. So the, the smart people, David Feldman at BKFC, are setting up this, this, uh, this, I'm sorry, this Paulie Artem Lobov bout. In fact, Feldman said before the event this past weekend when Lobov made his debut, that win or lose against Jason Knight, a also an ex-UFC fighter that's known sort of quietly as Hick Diaz because he's from Mississippi and he's kind of a redneck. That Lobov would get the Pauly fight win or lose, which is great promoting, by the way. That's fantastic. Well, I'm sure you saw the video. Pauly walked in, got in his face, slapped Lobov, and then they threw punches. Pauly got him right in the face with a stiff, uh, stiff right cross. And it was one year and one day to the anniversary of when the same Artem Lobov Rafe got slapped in Brooklyn by Habib Nurmagomedov. Which then led Conor McGregor to get on the plane the next day, come flying into 223 in Brooklyn, throw the dolly through the window, and then you know what happened last year. I don't know if you ended up seeing the highlights or the pictures from Mississippi over the weekend when BKFC had their card. Jason Knight, Artem Lobov had their, their sloppy Super Bowl of 
mayhem. The thing about these bare knuckle fights, Rafe, they can be quick. Because a lot of times you got Joe Bears on this. You got like Uber drivers, like di- ditch Joe diggers. Bears, a category of pornography. Yeah, Brian, really. What are we talking you, about here. I mean, you got straight up ditch diggers on this card, right? And they're usually propped up against like ex boxing and MMA guys. But in the case of Lobov and Knight, two washed ex UFC fighters, you got guys who actually have like chins and a certain level of a backbone. So they did three hellacious rounds, Rafe, with like they cut each other's face in like ten different spots. In grotesque swelling. The kind of swelling like after somebody gets stomped in a parking garage by like 10 different people in Shakur Stevenson. I was about to say, are we getting into Shakur Stevenson talk? Um, and afterwards, it went from like, you know what? Polly Lopov is, it's, it's sloppy, but it's fun business, man. It's a gas station hot dog. Believe it. But it's one of them with the cheese in the middle. Like sign me up for this to now being like, does Polly know what he's getting into? Is this, like, really the bottom of the food chain in combat sports? Like, I know, like, Kimbo Slice started in the backyards, and I know Mayorga just fought a pro debuter in Guatemala, of all places. But, Rafe, did you see the pictures afterwards of these men's faces? Did you? Did you I see? I did see those pictures. They were disturbing. And to answer your question, yes, this is the bottom of the barrel. This is ridiculous. This is a circus. Bring back the pit bring back big knockout boxing i can get down with that but this is this is disgusting it's re- legal in what two states Four right states. now wyoming Four. new hampshire mississippi and one other pick your one other i don't know south dakota maybe all right well I, all places where i'm sure paulie will have a wonderful week uh <laughs> fight week visit have a lot of fun great place for great place to watch a canelo fight i'm sure they have a hooters in town do they have women i don't though, know right? what else do they have women uh, Six years later, do they have women in those towns, Rafe? Uh, they better. They better. I don't know what. I don't know if they're going to want a piece of Polly after or 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 Artem Lobov after that fight. Um, look, Polly. I've I've listened to Polly talk about this kind of again. Unfortunately, I wish he was talking about boxing, but he's talking about this. I've listened to him talk about this, and he thinks that these guys are so bad that at his age, if he trains enough. He could just go in and walk all over them. Now, I guess he's going to have to prove that now because he seems serious about this. And they must be throwing a pretty penny at him. And it's all pretty disgusting. Who cares about this? This is not – this This. This is a sport that I – this is not a service I have. I'm not interested <laughs> in this as a sport. There are no good fighters in it. It's not a blow blob. It's not a good pants, man. Wow, wow. It's not a blow not a blow. blow. It's not as, yeah. Um, so I, this reminds me of like high school and middle school, Rafe. And it's like, I loved fights too much in middle school and high school. Like, I didn't get like, into like them. Like, you're talking about like in the, in, in the yard? Like, yeah, in, like, you know, always. Oh, we're not gonna fight at four o'clock. Exactly. I yes. loved it. Like, and that's probably a precursor to me becoming a combat sports journalist is that like, I used to get so fired up and try to get other people fired. You hear what this dude said about this dude? And so in my middle school, Hillside Middle School, Naugatuck, Connecticut, there was a, Shout uh, out. Shout out. There was a white. Great place to watch a canelo fight also. Great place to watch it. Uh, there was a uh, white church behind the school up on the hill. And the common phrase was, yo, you said that about my mom? Meet me at the white church after school. And I was like a quasi Don King in my own head because like, I'm always like, man, imagine if this guy fought this guy. Like, what would it look like? And a lot of times, Rafe, these fights, as you know from growing up in school is like, they don't get that far, right? They get like a push, a two piece, 
maybe at worst somebody gets kicked in the gut if they fall, and then the teachers and the janitors and they're they're in on that, and it's over. And you sort of have like a twenty second window to get your you get your offense in and sort of claim that you want it, right? But every once in a while, Rafe. I don't know, like in the locker room of the gym or some random corner of the school, you get one of those fights where there's no adults present. And uh like I, I can remember one vividly right now, junior high school in the cafeteria. I don't know where the teachers were, but one dude got beaten to a bloody pulp, like six inches in front of me. And it turns your stomach and you're suddenly like this idea of what we thought was fun to try to find out who's the man just became way too real in front of me. And now I feel really bad that I was like, running to the front to watch it and that that dude just got beat up to a pulp and probably embarrassed. And this is what this felt like. We cover combat sports, but there's quasi rules involved to protect. There's gloves with certain elements of padding. This circus BKFC thing, which by the way, we've had guests on here. I'm trying to get Artem Lobov on my MMA show. So I am supporting this farce to a certain degree. You're part of the problem. I am. But this week it got a little too real, Rafe. I know that when we watch boxing with 16-ounce gloves, it's doing worse damage to these guys' brains on the inside than if they did if they had bare knuckle, right? 16-ounce gloves? I'm sorry, 8-ounce glove. I'm sorry. Sparring? Um, I was talking about the sparring match I got set up with Brandon Wise of the MMA show. Uh, like, look, I, I, we, we know that Floyd never recovered from, from that, that time he met Spatafora. But my point here is that, like, you don't vividly, because of the padding, you don't vividly see as much of the damage in your face. Even MMA with four ounce gloves, what that leads to are knockouts, right? Bare knuckles a different animal. So if you have a chin and you don't get finished, it could get really, uh, gruesome and almost to where people are saying on Twitter like what the heck could they have been getting paid to make it worth it that their their face looked like a car ran into it probably not nearly enough do you think either of these fighters got even a six-figure fee purse for this fight um as Danny Jacobs would say I don't even know if they're touching uh no, I don't think they are, Rave. Paulie has to be touching an M, I right? Would, he wouldn't do this for less than an M. He's got good jobs everywhere. Obviously Paulie still has this need to compete, right? Because or he's still trying to chase Connor. He wants he wants that he wants that moment of redemption. Not even he doesn't need redemption, because I think he's probably more on the side of telling the truth and that, that bizarre social media, <laughs> whatever it is, the sparring, show the video, show the video. I, Thanks, maybe man. it's just that he wants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got the score right. I think, I, I think I did get the score right. You know, I, 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 I see, I, I see things. I know what's up. I, you know, from when you're from the city, you can, you can smell, you can smell a fake. Um, so a fugazi, if you will, right? Yeah, fugazi, you know. So the deal here is, Rafe, um, I can't figure out because look, the technique of these guys, Jason Knight and Lobov, was really bad. They're not pro boxers. It was sloppy as heck, Rafe. They're throwing bare knuckle haymakers. I can't tell if Paulie at 38, if he gets in really good shape, would be able to just walk through this guy, or is bare knuckle a different animal? Because in this BKFC, it's a circular ring with ropes, but you can dirty box. You can use one arm to hold the head down and punch with. You can do like clinches, and it's all legal. And again. Paulie never had a bunch of pop in those hands, and he's had hand injuries. Guess how you get a hand injury, Rafe? Punch somebody bare knuckle. Is this going to, like, could this end really badly for Paulie? Is this a trap? It could, yeah. You got to think that he, he, what he sees, he knows. Well, we thought that Mikey Garcia saw something, too. Or we, we thought that Mikey thought he saw something. 
hopefully whatever Paulie sees, he's a lot more sure of than Mikey was going up to fight Errol Spence. Uh, I don't know. It may, it's either worth the money or it's worth whatever he's trying to prove, trying to drag Conor McGregor. I mean, that would be worth the money if he's able to do that. Although that's kind of hard to believe. Or maybe he just has that need to, that itch to fight. And he knows that if he went into boxing again, he would, get served up to prospects and lose that way. And, and, I, and maybe this is a way to continue competing on a way that doesn't really stain his boxing legacy, even win or lose. I mean, it, it's not a great thing for anyone's legacy, I would say, but it, it, it's just a different category. It's like, oh, then you went and then you went and joined the circus and started putting nails up your nose. You know, that's it's just a totally <laughs> different thing. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, so it's going to be June 22nd. They don't have a site yet. I don't know if it's going to be on like a cornfield in Wyoming. I don't know. Is there corn in Wyoming? I don't know. Like it should be under like a big top. It should just be a circus, but, uh, Paulie's going to get the payday. And, uh, did you see some of his comments? He's like, I will, I'm going to kill you. Like it'll be, he's like, it'll be murder. So, you know, I, I had Errol Spence by murder coming into that, but both these guys, they do have big balls. Inside that big scrotum, scrotum is huge, huge testicles. Texticles, right? He's got real big balls. Yeah, shout out to T Street on that one. Um, hey, Rafe, let's get into the other news of the week. Uh, maybe just a tip of the news, right? Like just, just a tip. Just, like if you were going to analyze the, in fact, that tip. I have a group of analysts who receive the tip. They review the tip. Uh, they analyze the tip information and determine what type of tip it is. So you got to play with the tip, Rafe. You got to. <laughs> You know what I mean? You got I, I want to know what kind of tip is this before oh. I before I take any more of it. Possibly shot his load. And- Possibly did, Mikey. Thank you. Um, all right, Manny Pacquiao this week, Rafe signed like a cryptic contract with Risen, the MMA promotion in Japan, which we know put on that uh, boxing exhibition when Floyd Mayweather on New Year's Eve sent Tension Natsukawa, the uh, phenom twenty year old kickboxer, to hell, Rafe to the to the back room of hell. Is Manny going to get set up and propped up for a uh, box match? We don't have specifics, but you are a Filipino insider, Rafe. It's not a blow-blow. Do you have inside information on this? I don't have any inside information on this one yet. It seems like just a nice little cash grab. Maybe he'll be a guest referee. Maybe they'll pull some wrestling stunts. This doesn't seem like it's leading to an actual fight, especially because Manny is now in a pretty active part of his Boxing career, once again, it just keeps it keeps coming back. You can't kill it, which is, hey, the man is a really effing gifted fighter. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's anything real to this Risen stuff. Do you think there's anything real to this Thurman stuff? Are Is he destined for uh, – they're both pretty kind guys in the lead-up to a fight. Are we going to see a tug-of-war of kindness between Manny and Keith Thurman? It was like a tug and war of kindness. Every time I was kind, she would be more kind. Then I'd be more kind. Then she would be more kind. If you keep tugging and being that kind, Rave. He pumps it more than one. You're going to get the mess. Um, I love how he says a tug and war. Not tug of war, Rafe. A tug and a war. He, he is the, he, he has a, he says things that other Walter Waits don't say, like Walter Waits. <laughs> well, you know, when he gets into these situations, sometimes he, 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 he gets loose beforehand. The first day I might have had a little too much to drink when I met her. <laughs> and now he's married. So there you go. There's your story, Rafe. Um, when I met her, great, great uh, the co- enunciation. The, the top copywriter himself, Mike Coppinger, Rafe, the Fox boxing insider who seems to be in, 
direct and deep confrontation, uh, confrontation, uh, competition with the likes of Dan Rayfield to be the, you know, the, the, the guy of the day, right? If you're going to come at the king, don't miss Rafe, right? If you're going right. to bring Look, the, that, that the means whole when load. we send you, when we send you the text message telling you to tweet this news and put sources on it, you better do oh, it. How MF-er. dare you? How dare you? I, uh, because when, when we give you that tip, we want the whole load. You know, I'm tired of getting the taste of it. I want the whole load. All right, Paul, enough of that nonsense. Um, So it looks like Manny Thurman, according to Mike Coppinger, is what is in the works for a July 15th, I believe, Showtime pay-per-view is what we're talking about. Rafe, we've talked ad nauseum about the potential options for all these PBC Walterweights. This is, outside of whether you like the idea of Maypac 2, this is the best route to go. I'm very happy if this is direct, the direction we're going. Yeah, you can't you can't complain about this in either direction. Uh, Thurman is still undefeated. He did not look great against Josecito Lopez. Manny, I think most of us were able to see when he was called into the ring and summoned by Errol Spence after Spence Garcia that he was very noncommittal about fighting Spence despite Spence wanting him. And we've seen this before from Manny. He is in control of his career in a way that he doesn't always let show in a public manner. But he knows when not to fight Bud Crawford. And yes. He knows when not to fight Errol Spence. And maybe those fights become fights that have to happen because Manny ends up beating all these other Walter Waits and, and there is no other choice. And he's just like, all right, well, they're going to pay me. I'm going to do it. Let's see what happens. But – I think we're going to see some other fights before he gets to that point. So it's good from that perspective. It's also Thurman. We said you get one warm up after this comeback, this long elbow, hand, car injury, wedding, <laughs> tug of war, all this <laughs> two and year war. layoff. Right. right. So much kindness. He got his, he got his comeback fight against Josecito Lopez. It was rough. If he's jumping straight in against Manny, that is good for fans. I don't know if it's good for Keith Thurman. It is also – it makes me wonder a little bit, Brian, because it's unfair because he, he, Thurman had legit injuries. He had a wedding to attend to. He was probably campaigning for office in Nepal at, at, at certain points oh, in time. How dare you. Uh, but when you're away that long, fans start to question. They start to say, hmm, how committed is this guy to the sport. He's not calling people out the way he was when he didn't have belts, when he what didn't have anything to protect. Yeah, when you're How fighting is, Lenny, Lenny Boondu and you're calling out Mayweather, that's a different story. Is is he still is he still down for this? Is he still want it that bad? And fighting Manny next, there's a couple different ways to look at that. Think, are you thinking, well, he's good. You know, one, it's a great fight, great for his legacy if he wins. He picks up one of these fake belts at 147. Great. No problem. I guess that consolidates the WBA if they do that. But is it also a little bit of, hmm, maybe Keith is also thinking, you know what? I'm done. Let me just get this big payday. Oh, how dare you? Is he cashing himself out, baby? Let me let me pour some water on your balls. No, look, I think it's just it was a unplanned two-year break. And from the injuries, the two injuries that piled up, um, no, he didn't look great against Jose Cito. That was he had to break off the rust and, and give give Josie credit. He he was up in that ass, right? Right, Triple G. I mean, he was he was in there. Mama finger, Papa finger, eh, so good. Um, I think that this is the right move in every single way, and I think that because Thurman wasn't looking great, and because Manny looked great against an AB who who wouldn't pull the trigger, 
you're going to have people split. I almost think you're going to have more experts picking Manny coming in. And that's almost crazy. Like, after the Horn fight, we thought Manny was done. We would have guessed, you know, Thurman by murder. But now you're like, tell me someone Keith beat better than Lenny Bowtie, right? Like, now you're back in that boat, you know? And it's 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 crazy. But uh, right now, gun to your head, who are you picking, Rafe? It is tough. It is the gun to my head. I think I'm one of those people who is picking Manny. He wow. seems resurgent. I think the, the, the one, the way that ends up making me look really dumb with egg on my face. Whoops. What happens with well, the way that could happen is, is man, I, Thurman still is a very good, throws some really nasty counters and can catch guys very clean coming in. And that is what we've seen. And Manny yes. before. Now Ask that was one of Marquez throwing the perfect punch when he, he was hulked up on all of Memo's special sauce. But it happened. It happened. And I could see that happening again in this fight. But if Thurman's power isn't enough to, to really discourage Manny, and if his legs don't hold up, I don't think, I mean, Thurman moves well, but I don't know. Manny's legs, even at damn near 40 years old, they're still good. I think they I, take they, the think HGH and they direct it. They they inject it right into his calf, Rafe. I think that's what I, happens. They, it, look, I don't know. They they, they are. So, I've seen the men that live with Manny, whose responsibility it is to just massage those legs. And look, it, it's working. They got to yeah. keep doing it because calf they, watch. It's a tug hand war of kindness on his legs, right there. We did get uh, Keanu Reeves, the famous actor's thoughts on this fight. Manny. Good luck in the fight. You are amazing. You are awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, I, myself, Rafe, I favored the Russian in that one. But, um, yeah, let's wipe that egg off your face. Let's clean it up. Let's get ready for the smooth taste of Thurman Pacquiao. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. But I think it's going to be a good fight. It could be a sneaky war. It also could be a 12-round kind of fun chess match between two guys who know this game, brother. Anyway, enough sound drops, enough references. Let's move on. Uh, Ali Usyk, Rafe, the man who he ain't, he ain't picking salads when it comes time to toss his favorite food around, Rafe. You know what that man likes to eat, right, Rafe? Right? Big, big steak. Okay. Can I join you? Can I come and eat with you? I like steak. Blood or no blood, Rafe? Blood. He's going to make his heavyweight debut, double K-Bob, not against Alexander Povetkin. It is now confirmed for May. I, I, don't, I don't have the date. 25th. They moved May. it off of the 18th because that's the day of Wilder versus Brazil. And so it's the 25th. So that's a nice look. We, I've, I, I have done my fair share of whining and moaning and complaining and biatching about this, the ridiculousness in boxing in 2019. But – I gotta, I gotta give the sport credit. It's starting to heat up. You see what's coming. Look at, let's start, let's start in May. Cinco de Mayo weekend. You got the Canelo Jacobs. Yes. They got, I, is there anything between that and May 18th? It doesn't matter because May 18th, you're looking at Wilder Brazil. Then the next week, you're looking at Usyk. Then the next week, you're looking at Ajay and Gerald Miller. And then going straight into Triple G coming back against some hot garbage. Going straight <laughs> into, Tom Schwartz, the living hey, face of hot garbage against Gypsy King Tyson Fury. Forget, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of star power 
Don't Some decent May 11th, fights. Bro, I'm going to cut you off to tell you. Don't forget May 11th. We have Miguel Burchelt, Francisco Vargas rematch, and the Navarrete Dog Bay rematch on ESPN. And on the same night on Fox, we get Jarrett Hurd, J Rock Williams. So it's uh. So that's like a good night of actual boxing for real boxing fans. That's that's and if and let's let's extend this. Let, we can go even before that. We started at Cinco de Mayo, but we go a week before that. We're talking about SSR Trisaket Sorungasai versus Gallo Estrada two, oh, one gosh. of the best fights of last year. You go a week before that, you get to see Amir Khan lose his soul. How many souls does this man have to lose against <laughs> Terence Crawford? Four twenty. Everyone's high watching. Amir Khan gets sent to hell. Is I mean, the Bud Crawford and, and Bob Arum going to light a joint in the ring after the fight to celebrate? It's going to be a big, like, 10 weeks of boxing or something. Right, Terrence Crawford, quite frankly, is a guy who's a bad man. Right? Who thinks he is the B-E-S-T I got at 147 pounds. I got news for you. I got, I got for you. news for the Amir Khans of the world. Hey, you you know got sent to hell. I got Many. news. Many people have been sent to hell. That's the thing. You got to look at the whole man when you are analyzing these fights. But to finish here, to to give you the full load, it will be Ali Usyk, who's now calling, who's now spelling his name by the way, Alexander with an A, even on Twitter, not the Oleksandr like we have been trained to know in Ukrainian speak. Um, he'll be facing Carlos Takum. Love it, love it, bro. Perfect intro. Love this guy's daring to be great. What is the end game, Rafe? Is Etty Hearn? Daring enough to make Eje versus Alexander Usyk this calendar year, broski. Oh, come on, man. You have spoke. Well, first of all, let's. I, I I would not be that upset about that, but let's let's pump the brakes and give respect, or at least pay some lip service to the vast majority of boxing fans who will be like, "What the ever living f if that fight is made before." Joshua Wilder. So that's the fight everyone wants to see for the end of 2019. Uh, I will reserve judgment until I see more indications of that happening. But, um, so, so that's, so let, let's prioritize Wilder Joshua, Joshua Wilder first. But if it doesn't happen, Ejay Usyk, I think if Usyk looks spectacular, burns the house down, on May 25th, makes just runs circles around Carlos Takam, has Takam just huffing and puffing, looking like he doesn't, he's never seen anything like this before, and then puts the finishing touch on with some kind of beautiful late knockout or late stoppage, swarming punches, just weight overwhelms him. Then maybe you could see that happening. And Usyk is the kind of guy who might just do it. He's like, look, I can, I can beat all these guys right now. I don't know about that, but it's possible. I did, I was watching, I, I was going into the deep cuts because I go deep on, on Alec, Olek, Sasha Usyk. I go deep on him. Sorry, didn't mean that. Um, but I like his YouTubes <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And he's got a new video out about his training, and he's talking about it takes a full year to put on real functional muscle weight that he's trying to put on. So if that's if that's true, if what he's talking about in this video it actually reflects his plans, he may not want that fight against Ajay until he's got a year at heavyweight, maybe two fights, and feels fully strong and fast and 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 at his peak 
at say 215 or 220 pounds. Now you've, t- I know you've, you've, you've slid into Eddie, Her- Eddie Hearn's ear hole. You, you, you whispered into his ear and asked him about it. And, <clears throat> and he said, bloke, forget about it. Ed J is too big, right? Wow. You want the horny exclusive? You're, you're so horny that you've got the exclusive on. Uh, I did speak with Eddie Hearn and, and by the way, we always uh, pay respects to, to the man that we are sort of talking about here. The great Eddie Hearns. I did speak to the great Eddie Hearns, Rafe, and I said to him, and look, we were just kind of shooting our shot, if you will, right? You know, this wasn't on camera. This wasn't hand on the Bible in the courtroom, but I was just talking junk to Eddie Hearn. I was like, look, Eddie, your boy, Eje, you can put this fight against Usyk in England all you want. And it's the first place. Of and you can put 80k in there, bro. But my man Usyk is the is the Swiss Army knife for this division. You're crazy. He's gonna upset your boy. He's gonna take that decision. He's gonna make that money, player. And Eddie sort of laughed at me, like you English, you know, you American bloke, think you know what you're talking about. And he goes, No, no, no. He's too small. He goes, I'm sorry. He's too small. AJ's not afraid. He's like, obviously Usyk's talented that's why we signed him he's fantastic and he did put over the fact that Usyk and his team want nothing but the biggest fight available like they want AJ like right now like they they don't want soft tune-ups they don't want uh Tommy Schwanz they don't want uh may the Schwartz be with you uh Pineta uh they don't want to be kissing or surfing with any safaris they want it now I want it all yeah yeah and uh Eddie says no Ollie too small Eje for the win, Rafe. Your thoughts? Hey, that that's going to be the most interesting thing about seeing Usyk at this level, right? Can he get inside on these bigger, longer reach? He better effing get inside on him, right? He better effing do it. He better. And can he get in and out fast enough? Can he pump it two times on them before they catch him with anything dangerous? Because we've seen the power that that fighters like Joshua. Wilder, even Dillian White have. If they catch Usyk, he either needs to have a incredible chin, which maybe he has. And we, we the only real evidence we have to go off of right now is his World Series of Boxing four round fights with Joe Joyce, which he, he won and looked pretty good in. So he's fought, and obviously he fought. He's fought guys this big before. He spars with Klitschko. There are. He's going to be ready for this, but it's still going to be a challenge, and it's going to be different when you're in the ring with guys who can change a fight with one punch. I mean, Deontay Wilder loses 90% of every round he's in and wins and is still an undefeated fighter, and 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 that's because he has that equalizer. It's he true. has killing power. He has killing power, right? There. As Big John Fury says. Um, so that that's going to be the interesting thing. I I. I I want to see it because, man, how exciting would it be as for boxing fans? Maybe the casuals won't get into it because it will be, uh, it will be a technical, it will, you know, be a technical kind of performance at heavyweight beating bigger well, punchers, bigger Usyk. men. But so, oh my God, how cool would it be to see this guy who's giving up 30, 40 pounds to some of these guys? dance circles around them and just make them look silly. Yeah. Just do, do the old Roy Jones thing that he only did, you know, the one time to John Ruiz, but still. It would be absolutely amazing. The problem is the casual fans would just hear, you know, unbeaten Alexander Usyk and they'd just be, they think it's another, you know, Sultan Ibrahimov, Marius Vak. Actually, that's not fair. Ibrahimov actually won a title and I know he laid that egg in the garden against Klitschko, but he was a little bit better. But no, they just think it was another, some 
foreign guy, basically. But hey, if Eddie Hearn, by the way, if he ever denies that that conversation took place, just know that I know, Rafe. We both know it did exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you, you can say you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but I'm seriously I know, saying it. And you know it did exist. No, I don't know. Were exist. you and Eddie Hearn in a hot tub or a sauna when that conversation occurred? Uh, Austin Trout on one side and his sister on the other. Oh yeah, the the, the bath staff. You yeah, know, the gotta, bath gotta, staff. Yeah, you know. it was the best interview show in boxing. You got to be careful when you're in interview settings like that in a hot tub with multiple men because somebody slipped me a, a Jimmy. Some... You know, I mean, I, I mean, it it could be Rafe. You know full well it could be another hot beef injection. So, Brian. Yes, speak, sorry. Are I was, you going to give was, me that injection? I was about to inject you. You slip her the hot beef injection. No, I slipped him. Thank you. I okay. analyzed the tip. It's okay. We're, we're safe. Oh, God. Um, Hi, my Brian. boxing fans. Yeah, what do you got for me? Oh, we were talking about these heavyweights. What about? What do you make of this rumor that Vladimir Klitschko may be coming back to Canastota to fight? Not necessarily to Canastota, but look, if he's in upstate New York, you know he's going to visit because he loves Canastota. Hey, guys. Um, hey, guys. I'm really proud of my brother being inducted here in Canastota. Hello, Canastota. Uh... Why, you know, do you think, you think these rumors, was it an April Fool's joke last week? Is Vlad, he look, every time you see him, he looks like he's still in Klitschko shape. You know, he's still got that, that Drago body. You think that he <clears throat> might come back for a, a hundred mil or so? For I do. Two, three fights? Because A, he's still in great shape. I think something woke up in him when he put forth the, the kind of performance he did in defeat against Joshua in 2017, what I mean by that is he, he fought his balls off with toughness, Rafe. It wasn't defensive. It wasn't, I'm going to just try to keep you at distance. He went for it. He was willing to go out on his shield, and AJ took him there, bro. And I think he kind of woke up, and it was look, it was like early Vlad. Early Vlad was a little too aggressive and reckless. He would gas himself out. He'd shoot his whole load early and get stopped by, like, Ross Purity and the white Corey Sanders and, you know, the other, uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, the, the, you know, Corey, Corey, uh, no, uh, Lehman Brewster. I'm sorry, Lehman Brewster. Anyway, I think he realizes that in this heavyweight game where people age late and there's a renaissance right now, which means there's real money at the table, he has what all these guys sim- simply don't have, Rafe, is real boxing technique. And since he also has power to go with it, even in his old age, he could still stay in great shape and line one of these guys up with a counter right. And take him out and win another title and F around and get a triple double. And I think this wouldn't have happened if he wasn't in the life spot that he is. I know I, I don't know much about this. I'm just sort of guessing, but we know him and Hayden are no longer a thing. And Rafe, when people get divorced, they grow out ponytails and buy sports cars and sort of have that moment in, in, and produce their best artwork. If you're a rock star and like, I think he's young again and he's ready to, to take that thing out and swing it in, in the zone if he goes, which is where, where there's, you know, Ukrainian oligarch money to be thrown at him. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe it, who, where's the source of this Ukrainian oligarch? Right. Yo, he might, he might be able to cut a deal straight with the source yeah. in that case. Uh, <laughs> he might you know, take it with I, the you, you mentioned Vlad with a ponytail. I would pay $65 in SD to see that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why not, dude? Why not come back? And here's the deal. Here's the smart deal if you're the zone. All right. You know it's not going to be easy to get AJ in there with Wilder or Fury right now, given the current broadcasting landscape, because Wilder seems to know his value now. You can't just throw generational wealth at him and, and sort of trick him into coming in. Not trick. It's real money, dude. It's not trick. It's real money, guaranteed. He chose not to. So maybe they go, you know what? F you guys. We'll do the AJ Vlad rematch, and we'll and we'll put it in 
front of 300,000 people and one, sorry, 300,001, because we'll get Alex Godinez out there to break another record. And, um, yeah, it's a smart hedge bet right there. Dwyer would be proud, Rafe. Nice. I, I like the hedge. One, one more heavyweight question. They're announcing that Marat Gassiev, the man who Alexander Usyk defeated in last year's final, the WBSS, uh, you know, for the Ali Trophy, unified all the cruiserweight titles. That guy was looking real dangerous. People thought that was a 50-50 fight going in. Usyk washed him, just put on a clinic. They're saying Gassiev is going to move up to heavyweight Ooh. two, debut in maybe July. Where do you factor him? Do you do you find him interesting against uh, against any of these guys? Again, yeah. I, I mean, more interesting than Tom Schwartz, I hope. I mean, his lack of hand speed at cruiserweight seemed to be the difference between him and the very, very elite, right? He's slow. You can use footwork like Usyk did, although Usyk's a master, so it's it's not like everyone could do that. Maybe heavyweight is a better spot for him. And uh, adding his name to the depth suddenly, which network would he go to? Is that uh, Do we just assume foreigners will end up on the zone? Is that a bad assumption? I mean, you don't – Brian, when you assume, need I remind you, you make an – ASS out of you and me. So it's always yeah. a bad move, but I don't, it is sort of the assumption we all make. We, we are going to lean that way because that's just the way, that's the direction things have been going. Maybe he wants, maybe he wants, well, well, it's interesting. Maybe he wants to go chase Usyk down and get a second chance at heavyweight. Be like, I've grown as a fighter. I was only 24 back then. I got, I got schooled. Now I'm ready. I know how to beat this guy now. Cause I'm stronger than him. I know I'm stronger than him. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe he chases Usyk. Or maybe he's like, you know what? Maybe let me find another side of the street to fight on. Cause Showtime and PBC are going to be throwing a lot of money at Deontay Wilder and a respectable opponent for their next, to try and keep him there for the next fight as are ESPN. And top rank well, going to be throwing a lot of money at an opponent that's going to look interesting against Tyson Fury, and I bet that's the name that they would like to see because Gassiev is shorter, right? He's a, he's 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 a coming up from cruiser, only about six three, really strong guy. But that's the kind of good name, dangerous looking opponent that they might think, all right, a mover. We've already seen him getting beat by a mover. This is a guy that Fury can add to the resume, and it'll look a lot more respectable. Than Tom F. and Schwartz. Did you just make Tim Bradley's speech true when he said, you know, all these heavyweights should be thanking well, Floyd, Mayweather? Thank Floyd Mayweather first? All these, all these Murat Gassiev's, there's a lot of money being thrown around since Wilder, Joshua, and, uh, what's the other guy? Fury are not going to be fighting each other anytime soon. There's a lot of money to be made if you are a heavyweight with a pulse and, and somewhat of a name. So maybe Tim throwing those hundos at the screen is right. Hey, Gassiev. Get in line, bro. Knock on DAZN's door. Call up Bob and and maybe consider, I don't know, like working yourself into a contract. We don't believe in Sorry, sorry. Maybe not Bob, but uh yeah, wow. Hey, by the way, the the idea of um will Klitschko come back and who will he fight? He did record the answer onto an US USB stick. USB. Yeah. And he also put some Hayden nudes on there and he's going to sew it into the robe and auction it off for charity. I might have to put in a bid, Rafe. Do not ask me after the fight what is on this stick. Rafe, what do you think is on that stick? 
How has no one – who bought this? Put it on the internet, yes. man. Put it on YouTube. Is this like the hidden Wu-Tang album that Martin Shkreli bought for a million dollars and the FBI Did seized? He? Yeah. I don't know that story. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they created a they, – they recorded an album and made only one copy and auctioned it off and the sort of evil farm, you know, uh, pharmaceutical hedge fund – kid who's a year younger than me, Martin Shkreli, who's now in jail, uh, won it and kept it for himself and was like, ah, yeah, you know, I'm the man, blah, 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 blah. And now the feds have it. Release the tapes. Yeah, release the tapes. Hey, you told me uh, Callum Johnson, Joe Smith could be a thing? That's what Callum Johnson is saying. I mean, look, inject me. I, I watched that. I mean, Callum Johnson, I think, is also – has is in a position where he could demand a bigger name than that and 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 go for one another shot at the title at 175 just because he's in a good position in the zone where they don't have a lot going on there. Bivol is looking for opponents. They fought on the same card. Callum Johnson looked good in a win, and so he could he could he could call out uh, some of the champs. But hey, if he wants to just make a fun ass fight against another guy who can bang. Joe Smith Jr., let's do it. Let's hey. let's put on our hard hats and get to work. I know one other guy who can bang. Sergei Kovalev. Right? Same division. I would love to see him bang. I mean, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, yeah. He's a hooker. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, Rafe, Triple G is going to take that soft touch DAZN debut. It will not be apparently against contender season five winner Brandon the Cannon Adams, the former Buxino competitor. He looks like he's headed towards, uh, Jermall Charlo in a Late spring, early summer, FS1, Fox, Showtime. Date. I take back everything nice I said about boxing 10 minutes ago. Oh, how dare you? Uh, but what we do know, it looks like, is that Triple G will be June 8th at the damn garden, Madison Square Garden, who has had a long relationship with Triple G. They also own the forum in Inglewood. He's right. He's boxed there as well. And it's looking like we're down to two opponents, former middleweight title holder, Hassan Endam, who we all know and love, and yeah, yeah, it's been the guy's no balance, and and Kid Chocolate knocked him down six times, and Lemieux knocked him down like an additional five, but the guy's hungry, comes to fight, or Bobby rolls what? Steve rolls? I, I can't even remember. Somebody rolls. I... Steve. Rolls? At least he, he I, I saw a picture of him on Boxrec. He doesn't look like he has literal rolls on his body, which would be pretty tough for a middleweight. Have, have, has there been a a middleweight with uh, enough uh, extra meat to have rolls. Um, usually, every time we talk about you getting beat by a man with titties, it's heavyweights, Rafe. Yeah, yeah. Those guys have the best breasts. <laughs> like me, I'm a heavyweight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rafe. Uh, yeah. Did you like it? It was done. Did you like that? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. You uh, know I effing love it. Yeah, you know I effing love it. Ah, uh, Rafe. I don't know who Steve or Bobby Rolls is. I'm not checking the box rex page. I mean, look, he's I, from Canada. He it is what it Canada. is. It's gonna he's be. He's undefeated. The thing he, is, it's Triple yeah. G's gonna be a softest touch. We kind of want to know who the soft touch is. And to me, like Hassan Endam is good boy. Like he's gonna get sent to hell in a in a, in a microwave, and we know it. But at least we kind of we kind of know the taste. We know what we're getting into, Rafe. Because like uh, Triple G, even in this age, the guy hits like a train, Rafe. You know what I'm saying? Like, like straight up, he hits like a train. That guy hits like a train. Thank you, Vanus. Um, he's gonna knock out any of these chumps. Would you be like excited enough to care about 
triple G Endom and maybe even go to the garden? I'm well, yes, I would because I still got a little, I still have that triple G love. I still, I still want to see him fight. Um, and also I think because I might, it's a lot of boxing people, fans can look at even, even subscribers. I mean, that's the, that's the, the whole, uh, strategy from the zone, right? Is to get people to subscribe for Canelo Jacobs. Then a month later, just under a month later, you have AJ fighting. And then a week after that, you have Triple G fighting. So, uh, and both AJ and Triple G on back to back weeks will be fighting in the garden. So if I am a, a hardcore boxing fan, or if I'm coming over from the UK and I want, and, and I've only had one chance to see Triple G before because he only, he fought Kel Brook there and I want to see him once more. Maybe I'll stick around for it. Maybe I'll plan my vacation around coming in in time to watch AJ sticking around an extra week to catch Triple G. So I could see that's, that's why I would be there in person if I end up there in person. I don't think it, both, it's, I can't decide who I like better between the bad options of Endam or, or Rolls because on one hand, Endam, we've just seen so much of him and he's a runner, which I think that it wouldn't be a big problem for triple G. He would cut off the ring pretty effectively. We've seen plenty of other guys do it well enough against Endam to think that triple G still has, she, if he look, if he doesn't have the legs to cut the ring off against Endam at this point in either, both of their careers, then he's in trouble going forward. just in general, but Endam is not, he's, you know, the only, I think the thing that I would look forward to in that fight is how many times does he get knocked down versus how many, like, does he ever stay down? Could, could he do the end on thing where he just keeps getting creamed with giant punches, <laughs> goes down every time and then pops up like almost nothing has happened. Like, yeah. like the, the shots Lemieux was hitting him with were just like, they were, they were fight ending punches and end them um, just keeps getting up. He is, he is a marvel in that regard. And triple G might be the most fun version of that just to see like, can he have, can he go 12 rounds and get knocked down 12 times? Like uh, that would be amazing. Um, so that would be a little bit of intrigue. That'd be a cool sort of prop bet to go into the end down fight with At the same time. I like a little bit of novelty. I don't know what we're going to get out of Steve Rolls. I'm, I, I imagine it won't be a very competitive fight, but it's just a new face. And, and there's something to that too. Buenas noches, amigos. Buenas noches, Papa. ¿Cómo estás bien? He's a man for all seasons. I want to get back on the I love Triple G train because let's be honest, Rafe. Like he was our everything because he was just this baby faced assassin, Borat weirdo slash just going to walk in. Is he already better than Marvin Hagler, even though he hasn't faced any one guy? He was our guy. And then we found out inevitably, like all our heroes, he's human. He, he He's human, Rafe. Uh, he almost didn't beat Danny Jacobs. He... I thought he beat Canelo twice, but he didn't get, he kind of left the back door open. You know what I mean? Like he didn't just go in there and try to knock that dude out. And anyone who spent enough time around Canelo will tell you, do not leave that door open. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's just, thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he should finish. I, I'd like to see kind of an old version of Triple G just 
just being a stand and deliver guy, just turning back into like old slugger and just stand there and make you come to him. And uh, it could be fun to see. I don't know. Anyway, Rafe, we got to roll on. We got to get off of Triple G and on to the next bit of business. You're serious. I am serious. Uh, Teofimo Lopez, Rafe. Here's this weird thing that DAZN does. Tell me if you've seen this, this footage. Um, I give the, I almost give DAZN credit for this, but I don't fully understand it. DAZN like, you know, has the golden boy in the matchroom contract. So they do features and interviews on there that promote those fighters, but they also kind of fancy themselves as like a, a thing separate mm-hmm. from the fighters they promote. And they've done many, many guys have appeared on DAZN. If you've really gone back, if you've, if you regularly open the app and not just turn it on for fights, you'll see they do interviews with PBC guys. They do interviews with Vasily Lomachenko. They, they, they really go for it. They got this new one with Teofimo Lopez, but. It's kind of interesting. They 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 go into like a a food establishment. They find a dude who works there who talked bad about Teo on like Instagram or something, and then they bring in Teofimo Lopez and put him in his face. And and your boy Ock is like, uh, "Yo, you a fighter? You nice or something?" And then they suddenly reveal that Teofimo's there and he gets in the guy's face. And the guy's like, "No, no, 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 no!" Like I didn't mean it. Uh, yeah. What do you what do you what what do you think about this? Look, yeah, you're, you're right. We should not be crapping all over a, an attempt to create some sort of engaging, fun, viral content that sells boxing, that broadens the appeal, that brings in younger fans, that introduces, you know, that, that, that gets into that sort of, oh man, this is so real, even though it's not real. Um, it, look, all sports, especially combat sports, probably do need to borrow a little bit of the WWE or whatever your preferred professional wrestling outfit is that that playbook that how to sell things right so this is an attempt to do that so you gotta I guess accept that and say okay nice try but it was lame man and it was weird it didn't make any sense there are a million people on the internet talking about boxing why go confront them if they think and and apparently this was not even someone this was not like and look i thought that deontay wilder fighting charlie zelenoff in a gym was also very inappropriate and just a reckless dumb thing to do but at least with zelenoff he is someone he is truly a troll someone who crosses all the lines in terms of the things that he would say to wilder and other fighters the things that he would do to random people on the street and in gyms where he'd just sucker punch them sucker punch floyd senior for for goodness sake he he's and and was and somehow managed to get wilder's cell phone number was texting him really obscene things racist things so this was someone who really crossed lines that's a lot different from someone who who basically said i think lomachenko is better than teofimo lopez at this point in time in like more colorful twitter language you're gonna go confront that guy for saying i think that the consensus pound for pound best fighter in the world is better than this great prospect right now that's that that's stupid and why embarrass that man did Obviously, he had to sign off on it eventually, but he probably didn't. He wasn't in on it at the beginning of it. And when you're there in the moment, you're sort of under pressure to just go with the flow. They bring you the piece of paper and say, hey, we need your permission to release this. But I don't know if he's happy about that decision now. Not a big deal either way, but it's just it's lame. It's lame. So nice try. Try something else next time. Now we get even more ridiculousness in boxing. And it's sad. Well, I don't know if it's sad, but it is what it was. Uh, Teofimo did come out this week and 
continue saying, look, I, I got to move up to 140 sooner than later. So if I'm going to fight Lomachenko, it must be in 2019. Seriously, Rafe, if they do this, like, that's a, like, that's a great fight. That's a, I have to see what it looks like fight because, man, Teo went from like, good looking prospect to like, he's handling dudes. How great could this guy be? I mean, 2019 started slow. You talked about that we're starting to heat up a little bit in the April-May area. Rafe, if we do this to close 2019, I would be fired the hell up. Would you have any reservations from the idea of it being too early? We talked about that a couple months ago when this, when these rumors first started going. But, I mean, uh, I'd lay it all down. I'd, I'd, take, I'd take my things out and put it on the table. I'd be this excited for it, Rafe. Yeah, look, on on some level, I do I still believe it's too early? Yes, I still believe it's too early. I don't think that it is the smartest career move for Teofimo Lopez necessarily. But at the same time, if he they're committed to going up to 140 after this and it's happening no matter what, and they want Lomachenko and, and that's the best option because they're both with top rank and top rank is willing to make that fight. Yeah, do it. I want to see that fight, fight. player. I I want to see that fight. I don't. I don't. And and if he loses, then I don't think that really diminishes Lopez in any great way. The same way that Canelo's loss to to Floyd Mayweather does doesn't really diminish him. At a time, I was all over it. I was like, oh, he got shut out. He lost as bad as Robert Guerrero. He's trash. But uh, he went on with the rest of his career and proved that uh, all of those things were very wrong. And uh, I guess I got egg on my face. You know, Teofimo Lopez can do that. If this is the, if they if they're all willing to make that fight, make the fight because it's gonna be interesting and good for fans. Folks, this is the kind of fight that's that stops traffic is what he was trying to say until I interrupted him. That stops traffic. Right, there's a stop traffic fight. You gotta see what happens next. I love that they're not protecting Teo. That he does not want to be protected. That he feels what 10, 11 fights into his career that he would be ready for a challenge like this to fight the best in the world. I love it, Rafe. It's anti. You tell me to pump the brakes. You, what are you telling me? You're, you're, you're pumping. You're, you know. He pumps it more than once. What are you doing? Yeah, you need to stop pumping it because Brian, we don't know if he is being protected or not. He's being moved fast and smart. However, fighting Diego Magdaleno is, is, is somehow throwing him to the wolves. No, that was smart matchmaking. If, if he fights Lomachenko, yeah. That's that's not being protected. But maybe, you know, it, it but from a management point of view, from a promoter point of view, it is smart to protect prospects from fights they may not be ready for. Uh, and, and they will have to make that decision. I will want to watch it. But so far, I mean, look, 2019 could also end with Teofimo Lopez fighting Ray Beltran. Stop it. Stop it. You, you think that's not true? I hope not. I don't want to see that rape. I don't. That's want also to. a decent fight. Well, that He's, doesn't suck. He had. He, he had. You can. You can no. choose to build a fighter okay. too. You're right. I, I take that back. If this, that's a. That's actually. A, you know what? I'm going full circle. That's a good fight. I'll take that. I'll accept that. I don't know why I crapped on Ray Beltran in that moment. In reality, it's good because we know what's going to happen. But still, it is. A, it is a. It is. It is a fair thing to do. Yeah, it is a fair thing to do. All right. Uh, we're hungry. We're full. We're good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm very good. I feel I'm very feel. Uh, did you see? We mentioned earlier Shakur Stevenson. I guess you did because you because you brought it up. Uh, I brought it up that uh, parking garage fight that has gone viral. Now that the video came come out. Man, he uh, he let those uh, lethal weapons go, Rafe, and he effed that dude up. 
Yeah, that's that that was uh inappropriate to say the least, as Morrow might say. Yeah, they left that dude a bloody mess. We'll see where that goes from here. Does that change your opinion any at all on like is this guy a good guy? Is this guy a a I mean like he's not heading into A B land, right? We can pump the brakes. I don't know. I, I I think it's unfair to jump to that conclusion, but this is something that no fighter should ever do, right? This is something that boxers I, I'm not a fighter, I have not trained as an amateur, as a professional, I don't spend a lot of time in gyms with professionals, but the, this is like the, one of the, the cardinal rules, right? Yeah. You do not fight outside of the ring. You are a professional fighter. Your fists are deadly weapons and to use them in a street fight is really irresponsible and could lead to really, really, really terrible things for your career, you to, for someone else's life, for your own life. So does, does Shakur Stevenson get to make a mistake? Yes, he's a young man. People, like, lots of other young men his age get into brawls in parking lots every weekend. That's what and men it's not do. Great. That's what? what men do. To some degree, that's what men do, but that can go wrong, right? You can, you can, you can, you can pop someone's eyeball out and spend a few years in jail if you uh, do what men do all the time. There, about you, there's a thing when keeping it real goes wrong, right, yeah. Brian? And Shakur Stevenson has to be smarter about his career. This is not cool. This is not what the public and the market audience want to see. All right, Ray, if we're going to get into weekend preview, do you care? But before we do, it's time to hear from our friends and sponsors. And we're back. Not only did we take a little break there, Rafe, you uh, took a break to relieve yourself. Not on the air this time. You're you're you as well. You know, you're making some improvements in life, Rafe. I am trying to evolve, Brian. I want to you make me want to be a better man. Oh, my God. From the tip to the cup, Rafe. Boy, there's a long way from the lip to the cup. I'm sure you don't understand what that means. I'm sure you don't either, Rafe. All right. Uh, we're going to get into weekend preview. Do you care? I do want to, though, start off with the, the bout that we seem to care about the most. No, I don't know that's arguable. But look, about that matters is Saturday, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Showtime, Clarissa Shields, Christina Hammer. Like we said off the top, Showtime billing it as possibly the biggest fight in women's boxing history. We got a chat coming up right now with Clarissa Shields where I'm going to ask her, why? Why is that the case? She's a great quote. We're going to find out right now. Here it comes at you. Clarissa Shields, the unbeaten two-time Olympic gold medalist. Enjoy. All right. Clarissa Shields, T-Rex, the face of women's boxing, stepping into the podcast. Clarissa Shields, always fired up to talk to you because you're a great fighter, but I think you're an even better quote. And we got a great fight to talk about. <laughs> They're calling it the biggest in women's boxing history. <laughs> April 13th, middleweight unification. You and Christina Hammer on Showtime from Atlantic City. Start right there with me, Clarissa. If this is true, why is this the biggest fight in this sport's history? Um, I just say that, uh, well, thank you for the great introduction first. And, uh, I just want to say that, you know, I think it's the biggest women's, uh, boxing match to date because you know who both of us are. You know, and just the flame that women's boxing have with me being in the Olympics twice and, you know, me winning world titles and being the first woman to fight main event on Showtime, Premium Cable, me also fighting on HBO co-main event, and then me fighting on the Zone co-main event. And um, it just, like, shows how much women's boxing has grown. And, you know, it's not a disrespect to, you know, any of the fights that Layla Ali had, Christy Martin, Lucille Rice, and Wolf. 
But when they fought, you didn't really know who their opponents were. You knew them. You didn't know who their opponents were. I think with this fight, you have uh, two women who are greatly known. You have a two-time Olympic gold medalist, five-time world champion in two divisions. And then you have a champion who's been reigning for eight years from across the way, Germany, uh, fighting against each other for all the belts. We're only the second, um, we'll be the second women to fight for the undisputed title and become, I believe, the seventh person to become undisputed in history and the second woman. So this is why I feel this is the biggest fight ever. And then also, too, you know, not only is the fight showing here in the USA on Showtime, but it's now showing in the UK. Like, it was fans blowing me up. Like, why isn't the fight shown in the UK? And now it's shown in the UK on Box Nation TV. So not only is it about USA, but now it's, like, international. Oh, yeah, that, that's a that's a good uh, addition there with the UK audience. And it's getting the Showtime all-access treatment with two episodes going behind the scenes of these two unbeaten fighters. And you mentioned... People know both of you, and I think that's because we've been on something like a two-plus-year build to get to this point. You're only 24 years old. You won titles in two divisions, but like you said, we've known you from back in the Olympics, and the trash talk between you and Christina Hammer is not new. Now, Clarissa, she said at the press conference, I got nothing against Clarissa Shields. It's all business. I'm ready. I feel like you got something against the Lady Hammer, though. Is this personal? I don't never really take it personal. I just have to, I can't go out there loving my opponent, if that makes sense. You know, as far as in this getting in the ring, I'm going to fight her the same, rather I liked her or I disliked her. Uh, and, you know, she's lying. She's talking about she doesn't have anything against me personally. Big, fat liar. <laughs> Period. She's lying. Uh, she she has something against me because she, she know I box better than her. I give more recognition than her, and she doesn't like that along with a lot of other women who feel like, oh, we should have got the recognition that Clarissa's getting, but they haven't accomplished nowhere near to what I've accomplished uh, just in my 24 years of life. And she carries that with her. And uh, she's upset now that I'm the favorite to win and she's been reigning, like she's been reigning champion for eight years, but I'm still the favorite to win. Of course she doesn't like me. She can say whatever she want to say in the media, but I already know for a fact she doesn't like me. And that's why he said, oh, no, we can never be friends. <laughs> like, well, I want to be a goddamn friend either. Then. I don't care. Wow. Wow. <laughs> bringing it. T-Rex bringing it. Now, look, at that press conference, I, I thought it was fiery. I liked it. But Christina starts saying, oh, Clarissa's jealous of me. I'm prettier than she is. All right, do you get upset when it goes into those areas when really it's about a fight at the end of the day? That's her life. <laughs> that's, see, that's the thing. She cares about her, how her body looks and how her face looks to people. She likes that kind of attention, right? I don't care about that. I'm all about the sport, the sweet science, the 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 muscles about the hard hit, and that's what I'm about. I don't get mad when it goes into that because, I mean, to be honest, I don't think that hammer is that look like, like that. She's that good looking of a girl, if you want me to be honest. You know, I'm not saying she's ugly, but, you know, I don't look at her and be like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. She's not a... Uh, a Beyonce, uh, you know, she's not she's not in that category. Or Rihanna, you know, somebody who I look at like, damn, that's a beautiful woman. I don't look at her like that. But um, I don't get mad when she talks about, you know, me being jealous of her face or whatever the heck she meant by that. It's like, I love my face. I love my teeth. I love my body shape. 
she she just doesn't have anything to say, you know. If like as far as in boxing, she just keeps saying, "Oh, I'm taller and I'm a better boxer than her," but she won't say how she's going to beat me. She just keeps talking about my jab, my movement, but she's not saying, you know, giving facts on what she can do or what I can do. She's she's so afraid to acknowledge it in her mind that I'm stronger than her, that I'm faster than her that uh, I can keep up with her. She doesn't want to acknowledge that in her mind. So that's a mind block for her that's going to even hurt her more during the fight in 11 days. Yeah, very interesting. There's a lot of psychological warfare. We're going to see physical warfare in the ring. Now, we almost saw this fight last fall when Showtime originally announced it. It got a lot of press. Then Christina pulled out with an undisclosed injury. You fought twice since then. She came back for a stay busy in February. I get the feeling when I hear the tone in your voice, and you can tell me if I'm way off, that you don't fully believe she pulled out with the best intentions. Am I wrong on that? <clears throat> was she hurt? Um, was she really hurt? It, it's not. It, it's so weird because it's like the, the timing of everything was off. Like I knew – from our phone conversation, we, we ended up having a phone conversation. It was me, her, and a bunch of the news press announcing the fight. <clears throat> and I was, you know, I listened to tone and the voices. And uh, when she was talking, I just remember texting Mark while we were on the phone, because he was on a phone call too. And I had texted him and I said, something wrong. She's not going to fight. And, and after this phone call, after they asked us our questions, Mark called me. And he said, Clarissa, why are you texting me that? I said, I'm telling you right now, something didn't sound right. And then all of a sudden, about a week later, we get this big old news press that she's pulling out the fight and she has um, an illness that she's dealing with. And Mark was like, wow. I was like, exactly. I'm not crazy. Like when she was talking, her answers were so bland and it wasn't any excitement about the fight. And I could tell from when she was answering the question that she was uncomfortable. Now, if, now was she really sick? I mean, we sent doctors over there, and they uh, said that she was sick with whatever she was sick with. So that's what we just stuck with. I didn't really uh, think too much on it. Or At first, I felt like, you know what, she's, she's faking. And then it was another part of me. Once the doctors went over there, uh, I was like, well, it gives her more time to get ready. And then it will also exit out all the excuses of her saying, oh, I was sick, but I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to pull out of the fight and want my fans to look at me like this. At least she knew in order for her to even have a chance at beating me, she has to be 100%. So I can respect that out of any athlete and I just give her that. But I'm not really, I don't really care about if it was a real injury, fake injury or whatever the case may be. The doctors went over there and clarified it. So I just stuck with that and just continue looking forward. Well, and here we are, and we've, look, I've given you a chance to say maybe counterpoint some of the things she said. Now I want to give you a chance to maybe say something positive. She's ruled this middleweight division for something like eight years, back when she won the title when she was just 20 years old. How has she been able to be on top for so long? What what what, what does she bring into this fight that makes this such a must-see event? I mean, I think she was bringing a belt, to be honest. I'm, I mean, look. I let everybody else talk up the fight. I let her friends talk up the fight. And, uh, you know, the critics are saying she's a better boxer and she's stronger and she's better than me. I let them do that. I don't let none of that stuff get in, get into my head because I know what I could do. And I know from watching her and from seeing her fight what she can't do. 
And that's what I'm gonna capitalize off of. Um, I think just you're gonna see two athletic women fighting. Um, and no, she has not ruled the middleweight division. And I say that because if, for somebody to rule for nine years, how come she ain't undisputed? Hmm. That's a good question that I keep asking. You know, everybody talking about, oh, you call yourself the greatest woman of all time. Yeah, because I'm taking on challenges. I'm fighting all these girls to become undisputed and do something that only one other woman has done. If she's so good and so on top, how come she never fought for the IBS title? How come she never fought for the WBA? How come were these belts vacant? Who were the girls that were lined up to fight her for these belts? Did she even want the belts? You know, who else has she fought that was super athletic like her? Did she Has she fought a Hannah Gabriel? And they're only six pounds apart? Has she fought a... Uh, I fought against a girl named Sydney LeBlanc, who was a beast. Has she fought against her? How come her and Nikki Adler didn't fight? Those are the kind of questions that I'll be like, why y'all are so pressed on me when y'all need to be questioning her, questioning her greatness? Don't question my greatness when I came into the game and all I did was fight to death. That's very. That's a very strong argument, especially when you can back it up by saying – you fought for a world title in your fourth fight. You've already won titles in two divisions. You're trying to unify all four. So what I like about you most, Clarissa, is that you don't hide from how great you think you are, which I love it. You've called yourself the pound-for-pound pound queen very early. You've gone as far as calling yourself the greatest of all time. Have you received any negative pushback from the other great female fighters in that same category, the Layla Ali's, the, the Ann Wolf's, on and on, from being so bold about what you've already accomplished and what you plan to? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I mean, I thought me and Layla were pretty cool until I seen her Breakfast Club interview. And uh, Ann Wolf, I don't really hear much about her. Um, you know, just even if, I mean, you don't, it's not like, the women, women's boxing is not like men's boxing where you have the greats of the men boxing supporting the younger and upcoming fighters. Um, women's boxing has never really had that. And, you know, and, uh, I don't know how they feel about what I'm saying. And honestly, I don't, I don't care <laughs> to be honest. I mean, uh, when people realize I can't wait till I'm done boxing to have another girl come up and say, I'm the greatest woman of all time now. You know, because then it'll show that I did my job and that I did spark a thought inside of, uh, I sparked something inside of somebody for them to say that. I'm not going to be upset at them because they're saying that they're the greatest woman of all time now. It doesn't take away from how great I was or from how great I am. It doesn't take away from that. Uh, I'll always be mentioning women's boxing. I'll always be mentioned. And they'll always be mentioned from Layla Ali, Lucia Riker, and Wolf Christy Martin, they'll always get mentioned. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how they feel about it, but it's a couple of girls who say, Oh, you're not the greatest woman of all time. And to all of them, I say, Well, come kick my ass then. <laughs> and that's my only, and, that, and that's my answer to that. Like any girl who say, I'm not the greatest woman of all time, I swear to God, I always tell them, You can't beat me. So you can shut up. Only the girl that can beat me should be saying, I'm not the greatest woman of all time. And uh, I don't, I don't see nobody who's saying that I'm not the greatest woman of all time that can beat me. They're all just talking. But when I offer them to fight and say, "Come fight," nobody's running to come, you know, dethrone me. 
I mean, do you think that would ever happen considering this sport, women's boxing, is, is really starting to make some movement? This fight against Christina Hammer is a big part of that headlining showtime. Do you ever think that could summon some of these big names who, let's say, are right around age 40 but maybe could put in one more training camp to get in there with you to try to prove it? Is that something you, you care about that you would look forward to? I mean, I've, I've never seen it. And, Brian, I don't, I don't turn down no fight. So it really wouldn't matter if they did or not. You know, I just, if they wanted to come out of retirement, any of them to come and fight me and prove that they were the best and they didn't get the recognition. And since women's boxing is on fire now, they want to come show that they were the best and they want to make millions of dollars to come out of retirement and fight me. I'm all for it. All I'm going to do is go in the camp, put my head down and grind and then get in the ring and fight. Yeah. And I, I give, you know, 100% every time I get in there. And I believe that there isn't a woman on this on this earth that can beat me in the ring. It's not one. It don't matter what her game plan is. If it's to box me, if it's to come in there and throw all power shots. If she want to come in there and be a cheater, I mean, try to headbutt me with a cut and then try to finish the fight. It's just not possible. These, I, I've already been through too much. And these girls just, um, they don't know how smart. I am and how athletic I am and the things that I could do. And I'm just ready to show whoever feel like they could beat me. If they think that they can really beat me, I'm, I'm always willing to get in there and show them that it's not as easy as it looks. I saw you made some cool headlines uh, in the past year when you did spar with with the great former UFC champion Chris Cyborg Justino. Uh, how how much fun was that? What what'd you gain from that? You know, get becoming friends with her and getting to trade with one of the biggest punchers in the world, of course, on the MMA side. It was cool, you know. It was one of those things where um, when I was getting ready for the Olympics, she was uh, we had exchanged numbers through Instagram, and um, I just remember her telling me like she couldn't get any sparring, and she was like, you know. I always spar with the men. No girls will spar with me. I just want to work on my boxing. And I never had a time before 2016 to come work with her. So um, I end up, after I won my WBC silver title, I believe at 168, or was it 160? I can't even remember. But she um, she had called me when I was in Vegas. was like, hey, can you just uh, come by and, you know, us meet in person and, you know, hang out or whatever. And maybe we could do some training together. I was like, sure. You know, I had just finished fighting and I was like kind of on vacation. So um, I just like, whatever. I don't have any of my boxing stuff, but I mean, I can box in shoes, whatever. It don't matter to me. So um, she booked me a flight to Vegas and um, I stayed at her house and she was very, uh, very friendly, her and her boyfriend, Ray. And um we went to the gym. Like, I really didn't know what to expect at the gym because she was kind of like, we can spar or we can just show me some stuff. And I think both our, I think in both of our minds, because we're so like, so alpha, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was like, it's inevitable for us not to spar. We have to, it was, it was like, we have to spar. Like, I know I flew here and I can show you some boxing stuff, but it would be stupid kind of of us not to get inside the ring and spar. And I think she had this kind of mindset that she was just she she wondered, and so did I. Like, who's really who's really the baddest with the hands? <laughs> <laughs> well, so how did, how was got, her power? So was her power huh? on, on par with it? I know she she fights at at one forty five. She's probably naturally a hundred fifty five pound fighter. Could she, you know, hit on the level that you could? Um, what I will say is that Chris is physically strong. I think when people think about punching power, they always think about, 
uh, size and stuff like that or strength. And it's more, it's not really about strength. It's about uh, the shifting of weight Mm -hmm. with the power and knowing how to, you know, turn your body and stuff like that. And that's where the power comes from because some of the bigger guys, you look at, you know, Deontay Wilder, you look at him, you're like, he's not that strong. He's not that big. Well, he's big, but not big as the other heavyweight. But he's knocking people out, and you have to really pay attention to the shift in the weight and the way that he turns his body on his punches when he's going for the knockout. Um, I would say that Chris was physically strong. Like, I wasn't able to just push her on the ground type of deal. Or when we got locked up on the inside of, you know, she's holding me or I'm holding her. She wasn't, like, just easy to keep still. But her, she she has to learn how to shift her body. But even when he, she wasn't shifting her body, she still had power. It's just about having more power. And, you know, speed is power, too. So uh, Chris is, is definitely one of the most physical uh, women that I've fought against. You know, but as far as, in, you know, boxing and MMA, it's so much stuff that's different. Like, yeah, totally. their jab is always like a jab to just, put out there it's not really a jab to snap your head back you know what i mean in boxing you have a jab that people want to use to snap people's heads back and hook off of it in the mma everybody power shot is their right hand or their left hand if they're southpaw so it's a lot of things that's different that can you know when you're talking about power yeah definitely i like the breakdown right there all right i want to close on this clarissa they're calling this, you know, like we said, the biggest fight in women's history. There's a lot of pressure. You've always done great from your pro debut. I mean, you were the face of women's boxing at your pro debut. You've carried this pressure before. It's nothing new. But being that this is the biggest stage yet, do you feel pressure to not just beat Christina Hammer, but do it in the kind of fashion that can really, really, really draw interest to this sport? Or is that sort of just extra icing? Is it just win? And that's the only thing that matters. Where are you at in balancing that pressure heading into this Showtime main event, April 13th? Well, I can tell you, this camp, I pushed myself really, really hard. And I haven't been in my comfort zone. I really, I mean, I really, really pushed myself. Like, this has been my hardest camp being a pro. And I would say I, I'm not training to uh, go all the rounds if I don't have to. Like, I believe that I can knock her out. You know, and I believe that in my sparring, we have, oh, my God. I mean, it's just been, it's crazy how hard this training camp has been. Like, I may cry after just because I'm so happy it's all over because I really, like, raised the bar. And I've exceeded limits that I never knew that I could exceed with my body. And I am I train this hard because I do want to put on a great performance. But, but my one goal is to always win. But if I can knock her out. Trust, trust and believe me, I will do it. And I do have the ability to do it. And I know because I've pushed myself so hard. If we would have fought back in November, I was expecting to go 10 rounds and to win a dominant performance. But now that I put myself through what I put myself through and I've learned so much from my two fights after that, I feel like this fight is the fight that will be the big knockout for me. And it'll be a big knockout, not just because of how I knock her out, but because of who she is. So I do believe that that can happen, you know, regardless of what she say. Oh, you haven't knocked anybody out and you only had the ref stop it. It doesn't matter. A knockout is a knockout. I believe that I can put Christina Hammer out. Yes. 
Wow, wow, love the confidence. It's jumping off the screen right there. Wow, you're getting me fired up. April 13th, the Saturday night showtime. Can't <laughs> wait. It's Shields. It's Hammer for all the belts at middleweight. Clarissa, always a pleasure to chat with you. I, I already know you're ready. You know, they always tell Canelo, are you ready? He says he was born ready. You were born ready for this moment. Go get him. Best of luck. Great Absolutely. chat with you. All right, Rafe, special thanks again to Clarissa Shields. She can bring it on the mic, Rafe. She's a great quote here. In this fight, Saturday, Atlantic City, we set it up. Boardwalk Hall. It is a big deal. You got to give it that. Whether you love women's boxing or not, Rafe, you got to give it that. Two unbeatens. Excuse me? Hammer. Excuse me? How dare you? Hammer How has dare you? The, the nerve. The nerve, Brian Campbell. Lady Hammer has ruled this division for eight, nine years since she was 20 years old and first won the title. And now they're putting all four belts on the line. They got personalities. They don't like each other. Remember that that quote that time Hammer ran in the match and Shields was like, you in a dress, I'll beat you right now, Rafe. We're finally going to get that chance. In a lot of ways, this fight is boxer versus puncher. Hammer, taller, longer, more of a technician, slickster. Shields, she effing gets inside on you, Rafe, and goes to the body and brawls. How do you see this playing out? What's going to happen here? Well... I'm looking at this fight sort of from the business perspective. And Clarissa Shields has a lot of promotional network marketing push behind her, rightly so. She's a U.S. gold medalist, pretty much the most hyped and, and deservedly hyped woman, American female fighter since in at least 10 years. So uh, with a chance to establish herself as the best, uh, at least considered the best female fighter in the sport. So and she's been getting, you know, lots of shots on on broadcast TV, which is good. It's growing the, the, the interest in the side of women's boxing. So I think the forces that be really want her to win because you just told me that Christina Hammer has been the champ in this division for nine years. Shoot, that's news to me. I mean, I, I heard her name a few times, but I, she barely ever on TV. So I think that, and Clarissa Shields, in what looks like most of the analysts call a 50-50 fight on the merits, is a minus 400 favorite in Vegas. Vegas must know who, who who's supposed to win this fight. Basically, Christina Hammer's the boxer. She's got the, she's the longer, longer, taller fighter. Got a nice jab. I think she needs to either get knockdowns or finish stop Clarissa Shields cuz I don't think she can win this on a scorecard unless what? it is a washing a washing why are you going full on conspiracy canelo cards here why are you why are you doing that why can't they just have I a can fair not, look this is all right you know what i i'm i'm gonna just get real with you for a second get real with me i will i, I will i will cut a promo listen here let's do a shoot a work shoot i pump it two times when i shoot Oh, man, I can't uh, believe it. Oh, is, damn. Where are we? Uh, are you just, with me or not, Ray? Just, yeah. Play with the bag. Look at me. Are you with me? Look at me. Are you with me? Sorry, I played with the bag a little too much there, Brian. Um, but Okay, keep it going. Keep it going. Seriously, seriously, here's the thing. You, you, I think you have picked up on this. A lot of the Twitterati in boxing – not huge Clarissa Shields fans. And it's not because we're all cavemen, misogynists who hate women boxing. Although, 
probably more of us than would like to admit have a little bit of that in us. But that's not I, I don't think that's what's going on here. I think a lot of people would love to get behind a true phenomenon, a, a Ronda Rousey type thing that gets people excited. You're like, oh, my God, we've never seen this before. But right now we can smell the the hype, the created hype, the 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 just you're trying to push this on me. And the same way fans sort of rebelled against Canelo, the same way they rebel against Ryan Garcia, they are rebelling against Clarissa Shields because it's like, stop pushing this on me. I will watch it and I will tell you if I think it's okay. good. I think you're you're right. To a certain degree, there's a let me let us pump this up and and really like announce it to get your attention. This is the biggest women's fight of all time. Like I get anyone like, look, there's a, there's an MMA promotion called one championship that just signed a bunch of ex UFC, big names. They're trying to launch in America on the bleacher report live app. They just had their first giant show and the entire broadcast. They filled it with, this is the biggest night in mixed martial arts history. No, it wasn't bros. And they almost kind of peed all over the, the fire and, and, and kind of like made you go, well, like the fights are good, but why ruin it with that? So I get what you're saying here, but to some degree, that's what you have to do when you're behind the eight ball in women's boxing to try to get the attention of cynical male fans. Okay. Can they go too far in that? Yes, maybe. But what you're saying about Twitter kind of turning on shields, I think it's a little more from the fact that she's, she's not this like prim and proper polished up America sweetheart, nor is she trying to be. She's, they're not trying to put out that she's this like, you know, like, like, look, Hammer's a lingerie model on the side and Shields has kind of called her out for it, you know? Shields is sort of somebody who's a fighter and she's not afraid to run her mouth. And in the ring, she has not been afraid to be the heel if she needs to, whether it's strategic to hype up this fight or whether if somebody runs in the ring and steps to her, which Hammer recently did after, uh, Shields' last big fight. And they got into it, and Shields came out looking like the heel in the trash talk she did. She's unapologetic. She's not afraid to be that. I get that as a as a brash, you know, 24-year-old black woman, that's going to turn some people off. I think it's kind of a combination of all of that. But I also think this fight does have an opportunity, and I think there is pressure on Shields' shoulders, by the way, to carry this this whole sport, that if this fight is really good, this sport can go somewhere. And if it stinks, then it's sort of like, okay, we tried something. Where do we go from here? Yeah, I think it's I, – look, I, I'm rooting for her to, to 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 pull it off, at least in terms of helping the sport grow, making it become uh, something that fans look forward to on the same level as good men's fights, which unfortunately just doesn't happen yet. Uh, and we need – and and – it's you know what is also okay though it's okay if Clarissa Shields isn't that electric fighter who crosses over who who really puts women's boxing on the map cuz maybe she isn't you know that that you cannot you cannot create lightning in a bottle it happens or it doesn't now you 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 put all, you you get you line everything up so that when it hits you're ready to take advantage of that and that's what they're doing with Clarissa Shields but if because for any reason it doesn't work out that way, I think that's still okay. She can still be a great fighter. She can still be a champion. She can still she she's already a gold medalist. She already has a great career, and it's one that's very young and that she's building on. And whether or not that means she becomes the Ronda Rousey of boxing, 
or whether it just means she has a, a Cecilia Brakus career and is, you know, fights a lot on TV is a fight that, that a fighter that that boxing fans know of and respect. That's that's fine either way. You and eventually that woman will come. It may or may not be Clarissa Shields. It may be Katie Taylor. It may be Daniel Dubois' younger sister, who when you listen to these BBC Five Live podcasts with Bunce and Costello, they are raving about her like she's the best, like the B-E-S-T. Really? The good thing is Clarissa Shields is going to be part of this story of the rise of women's boxing because she's someone who's carrying the torch. Now, does she rise and become the crossover star, the generational face of it? We don't know. She has a chance. She got to keep winning. She needs some luck and some, some, something intangible that can't really be created, but it could happen. But the only thing she can control is going in there and winning fights. I think that's true. And I'll give her credit. Look, she's only 24. She only has eight pro fights and she's doing, and I'm like, I get where we're at with women's boxing. This is not a deep roster in any of these divisions. There's not a lot of stars out there. There's not a lot of world class, to be really honest, out there. It's sort of the, what Ronda Rousey was up against in the beginning, where she's blowing through girls in 13, 14 seconds. And once the rest of the sport caught up with her, you saw what happened. But you got to give Shields credit in this regard, Rafe. 24, fought for a world title in just her fourth fight. Unified title shortly after. Then got a title in a second division. I mean, she's going for it. She's trying to be everything you would want a face of the sport to be. She's brash. She'll talk trash. And here's the deal. Like, she doesn't have great knockout power. She's 8-0 with two KOs. That's been a knock against her. But she fights. Her fights are exciting because she puts herself in spots where she could potentially be vulnerable. She brawls on the inside. She does have craft. She's a great body puncher. But it's not like she's dominating people. Do you know what I'm saying? This could be a fun, competitive action fight even. I mean, she got dropped last June by Hannah Gabriels in a fight, you know, first-round uppercut where before that, Shields had basically said, you know, you can't be the pound-for-pound queen, Cecilia Brakus, if you're out there getting dropped. Well, then Shields got dropped, but I thought she reacted to that adversity well. We saw her after the original date against Hammer got canceled. She fought in the zone. She fought in the last HBO card. She's been busy. She's trying to put herself out there. I got to applaud Showtime on on trying this. I'm going for it. I'm doing the two-part all-access. I'm trying to see. Because, look, what do we hear all the time? I used to do a boxing chat on ESPN. What do you hear every week? It's like... When's women's boxing going to take off? What is, oh, what, I thought it was going to be people calling you a Padawan learner. Oh, stop it. Well, I was going to say, like, like you know, why can't we have in boxing what UFC had with Rousey? And it's like, well, one, you kind of need a Rousey. But two, you need somebody to take a chance on it, Rafe, right, and try to find if there's something there. I'll give them credit. They're trying it here. We have two personalities. We've got in the in look what Shields' explanation of is why she thinks this is the biggest women's fight is because you got two people who boxing fans seem to know. Now you can be cynical and you'd be right. How much does every boxing fan know these girls and their backstories? But I think with the platform of Showtime, they're gonna find out. I hope it's a fun fight. I think you gotta favor Shields. It's interesting that you're going to the Canelo hammer might need a knockout type of theory. C O N Spiracy is how I spell wow, it. Already, Brian. I'm going to say that. Look, style matchup. This is kind of this is good. I think you're going to see ten rounds, which they do. Ten rounds of of interesting action. I gotta favor Shields with the activity. I don't know if Hammer has the power to drop her and finish her. I think this is going to be a fun fight. I hope they get something special here, Rafe. I, I really do. I'm going to favor Shields. I think she wins a decision. And look, I like again that Shields is like. 
I debuted at 60. I won titles at 68. I'm trying to unify the four belts here at 60. But I am also trying to get Cecilia Brakus to come up to 54 to really find out who's the best. And Brakus, by the way, who has all four welterweight belts, is 37. She's getting toward the end of her career. But if you don't have many stars in women's boxing and the stars that you do have are trying to be creative to find each other to make fights, you can't hate on that, Rafe. Yeah, you know, the ambition is there. I mean, she, she, uh, this probably rubs fans the wrong way, but she calls herself the, the goat already, the greatest of all time, the greatest woman fighter of all time. You probably need to do a little bit more to earn that title, but you know what? You, we, the sport needs people who are willing to put themselves out there like that and sell it like that. And this is a really good, a true, this is something, this is a fight for real boxing fans because it is a high level clash of styles. It is, we've got, if you, if you want to look at my favorites folder right now with Dwyer's recent videos in it, you will find Dwyer comparing this to Ali Frazier. What? He's saying that Hammer is the Ali in this situation. The move the jabber and Clarissa Shields is the shorter Joe Frazier get inside on you fighter and he's saying it could be a really and that 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 he's really playing up that clash of styles now of course he favors the boxer as he always does he might hedge that with Shields by KO but uh no actually with uh, with the crazy odds on this I don't even he's probably going hammer all out we're gonna have to wait one thing he'll do though Ray we updated he'll look at the entire woman first before making no 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 no. All right. Uh, Rafe, your prediction. Shields by debatable decision. Okay. Uh, on this undercard, I don't know much about Jermaine Franklin and Rydell Booker, the heavyweights in the co-main event. Do you? Yes, because I listened to the Showtime Championship boxing podcast yesterday. Ooh, that's a and I believe Rydell Booker, uh, one of, one of, I think it's Rydell Booker is 38 years old was, and, and is out of I was and, and lost the the heart of his career to like twelve years in jail and is now making a comeback. Um, and this is his chance to to sort of pull a Amir Mansour on us, which yes. would be I mean that was a great story if if we can get uh you know four more years of a younger Amir Mansour back I'd I'd take that in a, in a heartbeat. So I'm interested in that side of it. Right. Great narrative. Uh, deep on this undercard, by the way, there's also a heavyweight fight that we televised, Otto Wallen versus Nick Kins- Kisner in the opener, 10 rounds. Yeah, Nordic fight night! And, uh, there's a women's title bout on the deep undercard. Elena Gradanier will face Brenda Karen Carbajal, 10 rounds for the vacant IBF women's featherweight title. Is, I know Ray Chardonnay, cause I love some of that on my sandwich. Oh my god. But do you care about deep on this undercard when Sam Peter who next? Oh, yes, I do. Who next? Who next is back? Next? The former heavyweight title holder will face Mario Heredia. He's 38. It'll be an eight-round bout. Uh, yeah. I, I need to see a stream of that, Rafe. I'll cross that stream when I see it. I got my stack of hundreds out. Thank you, Floyd Mayweather, for creating this opportunity for heavyweights like Sam Peter to come back and hope that they can get a, a little bit of a payday off of off of whatever's left of their name and their ability in the ring. I was a huge Sam Peter mark. Who was it? Jamil McCline? Yes. Was well, some of the guys he sent to hell? No, what? Well, oh no, my you're, god! You're forgetting. I love that fight, Jamil McCline, who had been sort of a you know career journeyman but could give you a tough fight he was six they say for six eight he stood uh he dropped peter three times right in like one round and then ended up losing a decision that's not the one i was thinking of then 
Well, he sent Jeremy Williams to hell in, yes, in, in like that's one, the of, one that let. Oh my god, that left hook from the deep dark depths. Wow, oh. that was one of those knockouts where Williams on his back still had his arms and legs in the air, like in just suspended motion, like his body was just paralyzed. Oh man, Rafe, that is just yeah. Well, the first thing I do is make him toast my salad with jelly or I I like. <laughs> Oh, maple syrup. Oh, ma- oh, maple. I did find that real sound, by the way, but I was too grossed out. The real sound, meaning the sound that Chris Rock was referencing from that HBO special about <laughs> jail, but it was too creepy to play on the show. It's like, it's, it's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, wow. All right. Hey, Rafe, let's get into the, uh, the real do you care? Are you ready for this weekend? You, do you care? Are you ready? ready? I'm ready. There's a lot going on this weekend. All right. We start off, Rafe, on Wednesday night, New York City, UFC Fight Pass. Main event, 10 rounds of welterweights, Ivan Golub versus Manuel Alejandro Reyes. Is this a Roy Jones Jr. Uh, UFC Fight Pass special? Do you I, care? Well, it might be, although didn't didn't uh, our guy Ludabella just sign a little side deal with UFC Fight Ooh, Pass? So it that. might be, a, if it's a New York thing, it might be a Debella card. A Broadway seeing, boxing? I, uh, yeah, Roy Roy Jones usually likes to to work in the weird casinos in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's right, that's right. All right, nobody cares. What we do care about is Friday night, Rafe, Los Angeles, ESPN Plus. Where? What's the venue on this? Is this your backyard? What, what's the venue? It's at the Forum, isn't it? Oh wow! He, I didn't even to tell you the truth. I did not know this was in LA until right now. It's on the Plus. It's Friday night. The reason, of course, why Loma is not on Saturday because ESPN is is. Uh, rolling out, of course, UFC 236 from Atlanta, a service I will be at, Rafe. I will be at that fight, all right? Excuse me. This is, uh, well, I just burped. Burp it out. Burp it out. Let it it all out. Wow. All right. I can smell it from here. Yeah, let me me smell it. Let me smell it. Um, Let me me smell your burps. (laughs) All right. Uh, I thought I was, but apparently I ain't. It ain't. And it won't. And you not. And you ain't. No, you ain't. All right, Rafe. Vasily Lomachenko, the pound-for-pound king, will defend his WBA and WBO lightweight titles in this mandatory against hungry Brit Anthony Crawler. Rafe, it ain't uh, this ain't uh, Richard Kami, who was it supposed to be. This ain't Lenarhez. This ain't the other dude, uh, the sniper, Birdo. Pedraza. Birdo. This also ain't Birdo. Um It's the raw dog. It this is, is the, the raw this dog. This is the rock here. and roller. This can, is the crawler. Can rock? Can Adam Rock and Roller Corolla give? anything to deal with here Rafe anything no I don't think he can he's a look I I am against the the hate for this fight I don't think it's a I I just don't see why it is as reviled as it has been or it's being dismissed the way it has the, the way people have dismissed it Krola is a former champion he is he's always game he's tough do does he have a good shot against Vasily Lomachenko. No, I don't believe he does. However, that is often the case with fighters at the very top of the pound for pound list. These are the best fighters in the world. It is hard to find. If they're the best fighters in the world, you damn well better believe it's hard to find opponents in their weight classes who are going to always be a tough test for them. Lomachenko has, since his second fight, has pretty much only fought Former world titleists, world title contenders, or actual world title holders. And Anthony Crowley is one of them, and he's in a mandatory position. He is a 
a sort of back end of the top 10 lightweight who do, do I do? How do I see this fight actually playing out? Probably something like the Jason Sosa fight where Lomachenko clowns him a lot, makes him look real bad, dances circles around him. I don't know if he, Lomachenko, it, it could be back to the Nomaschenko movement where it's just such a, such a outclassing that, that, it, that, that late in the fight, Krola and his corner decide to end it, even if he's not taking a really, really bad punishment. Um, but this, you know, so, so I, I understand why we call it a mismatch. I, I think you, when you have fighters as good as Terrence Crawford, Vasily Lomachenko, Errol Spence, Floyd Mayweather back in the day, there are going to be mismatches sometimes. They can't fight three really difficult fights a year because there aren't that many fighters in the world on that level. I don't see it, Krola as uh, being a big step down from Richard Kami, who we're excited about him because he's long and he just beat some dude in one round that we never heard of before. I've seen him fight Denis Shafikov. He fought on even terms with Denis Shafikov. I've seen him fight Robert Easter. He fought on even terms and lost to, 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 to Robert Easter. So this ain't like some world beater. Crow, he, he, is it a better fight than Krola? Probably. He's younger, fresher, bigger, longer, whatever. Might be a little more powerful, but it ain't that much different. Uh, and I'm okay with this. Okay. And, and I, although, I, you know, I do have to point and shout out Bob. Aram, the Bob father, gave an amazing quote about this fight. You can find it on Boxing Scene where he's he's like, <laughs> Krola got shoved up our asses on this one through the <laughs> mandatory. Basically, he said that the, the I, I apparently he says Bob says that Eddie Hearn and the Zone try were thinking they might make a play on the mandatory to get to win a purse bid and get Lomachenko on the zone one time just to get, you know, bring in some subscriptions, get people who want to see Lomachenko. And Bob apparently called up Matchroom and said, look guys, if you do this, you're declaring war against me and ESPN and we will end you. And at that point in time, they were like, you know what? Let's just have a one-off. Um, now, maybe yeah, I'm sure if you talk to the folks at the at the zone and match room, they will say hey, it was not quite Bob putting his foot down like that. We're doing what we want. You know, we're 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 getting a good fight for a fighter we represent. Regardless, some of that backroom deals are fun. I think this fight is fine. I can tell me I'm a tell, tell me I'm a dupe. Name me the top guy you fought. That's better than Chris Azir. Nah, they better Chris Name one guy. Uh, well, I know a lot of people. You may be going like, which English white guy is this guy? Crowell? Yeah, he look look to inform you. He does have six defeats and three draws, but knocked out Darlies Perez in their rematch of 2015 to win that WBA lightweight strap. Has been on this world level. Yes, taken some losses. Lost the title to Jorge Linares, and that close decision came back and got absolutely destroyed in the rematch. But he's on a three-fight win streak right now. One of those against Rick Sterko, by the way, got a got a decision over Ricky Burns. And I'm sure you remember, Rafe, when I called in the zone last November when Anthony Krola fought Daoud Jordan to win a, a, a tough decision there and make this fight happen. He's going to get smoked. He's a limited guy, but he's tough. He's a Brit. It's all right. They tried to get Kami. It didn't happen. Look, it's a Friday night card. It's a gift. It's the pound for pound king on Friday night. It's not like competing against the UFC or competing against something else. It's kind of, I like it. It's a good deal. I like these Friday and Sunday cards that, that ESPN's putting out there. I like the, uh, I like the intelligence. I like the smartness of this. Okay. I'm fine with this. Lomachenko, can he stop him? That's really my only question here, Rafe. Can he stop him? Yeah, I think he can stop him on like 
activity and a couple knockdowns and just what he puts together. Like remember that forty-seven punch combination he had Sniper Pedraza with in like round eleven. If he puts that on the Krolls, it's over. Okay, folks, go back and watch that fight. That at least that round was a round ten against Pedraza, round eleven, oh. where. It is the, it, he, Vasily Lomachenko ended load watch. He ended the movement for a night. It was impossible. The man holds a load like no one else. It was, I mean, the, the pressure he laid on Pedraza and knocking him down and then going after it. Good Lord. That yeah. was just such a virtuoso, just, ah, it was, it was something. Ah. It was one of the most amazing things I saw in a boxing ring last year. Revisit it, please. Revisit their collaboration. Absolutely. Um, the co-main event, Turto Ramirez is going to make that move, Rafe, up to 175. His light heavyweight debut will come against the plaster of the local council, Tommy Carpency. I mean, look, Carpency's a competent guy. Should not have, did not deserve that title shot against Adonis Stevenson a couple years ago. But Carpency's, I guess, okay for this spot, right? Co-main event on a Friday night, Zerto's light heavyweight debut, he's a name. You okay with this? Yes, I'm okay with it. Zerto... Starting his first fight at 175, he was not going to jump straight up to fight Kovalev or Leiter Alvarez or any of these other strong fighters at 175 that top rank has. So let's see what he's got it this way. If he looks good against Carpency, if he washes him, good. We, we've been dying. I, I, we've all been dying to see Zerto in interesting fights for years. And we, the best we ever get are the two fights with Jesse Hart. I, I, I hope he is good and I hope it leads to this light heavyweight division being even more stacked and exciting than it is right now. All right. I like that as well. Uh, this, the, I believe this is the opener is Arnold Barboza against Mike Alvarado, 10 rounds welterweights. Uh, look, the thing about Alvarado was even in his prime, he always made really fun fights. He was that guy who was sort of an opponent for many years, lingered, started making like bloody great brawls and then got on the title level. And then of course, uh, you know, we know that, uh, Provodnikov took his soul in that fun fight in Denver, and then we saw Provodnik or Alvarado end up in that hotel room doing things before the third Rios fight, and the rails fell off. I know he's rebuilding himself here with top rank against Joe Bears. I don't know anything about Arnold Barboza, but I'll watch this fight, Rafe. I'll enjoy it. This card, by the way, this card starts at 11 p.m. Friday night. You okay with that? I mean, I'm on the West Coast. It's okay with me. All right. All right. All right. Um, also, Rafe, on this card... Alexander Besputin will take on Alfredo Blanco, 10 rounds well towards. We know Mean Machine failed in his attempt last week to become potentially the next butt opponent. Is Rasputin going to uh, move your needle at all here against Blanco to, to kind of become a bud stay busy? Oh, man. I, look, I got nothing against Mean Machine and Besputin. I think they're fine, com, you know, contender level. Maybe they'll rise to to – claim some version of of welterweight belts at some point in their careers although i don't see the path to it right now the only thing i don't like about this is is when bob barham comes out and is like i'll take my two russians over anybody on a pbc i'll him and they never fight anybody mr cancer where's mr my... cancer i try to call can't, can't call cancer on the phone i dial c-a-n-c-r 1-800 and i don't get a call <laughs> Um, like, like that, that, that song and dance does nothing for me. Vesputin, I saw him fight on the Lomachenko undercard. Yeah, he, he comes off a little bit as a Artem Lobov to Vasily Lomachenko. Oh boy. You gotta talk to Mr. Cancer, but he'll never talk to you, right? That is true. He will never talk to you, right? He, he does, uh, operate under the shadows and he's doing well running the PBC he's at the, the moment. Goat, man. Hey, this is, there's a lot of box this weekend. Saturday night, along with said Showtime card featuring Clarissa Shields, 
get in the zone, Rafe, from Monterey, Mexico. Main event, Jaime Munguia will defend his WBO junior middleweight title against Dennis Hulk Hogan. Uh, we, we kind of ripped this when it was announced. Uh, but look, any televised Jaime Munguia fight is, look, I, I thought Jaime Munguia was getting in that ass. Cause that's what he does, Rafe. I'm, in, I'm here for it. That's fine. I won't watch it live. I'll be cage side at 236 UFC in Atlanta, but, uh, I'm down for this. Yeah. Look, uh, so there was, you gotta love this fight. If for no other reason than the Australian news segment that went around Twitter a few weeks ago where they're interviewing Hogan and they call Jaime Mungia Mongoya. Uh, that, that, that's a clip that deserves to live forever. Um, and who, what is not going to last forever is Dennis Hogan in this fight. I don't know much about this man. Uh, he was in, in Australia. <laughs> the, 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 the press is basically describing him as someone who trains with Jeff Horn. That's how low it goes, man. Oh, um, God, really, really? Jeff Horn. Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. Nobody. I, I got so, I got so many, uh, disparaging things to say about him. <laughs> Saw his fight. Sounded boring. Heard, let everybody talk about it the next day. Still sounded boring. Man, what's that guy got against Jeff Horn? Seriously. Oh, he was talking about Terrence Crawford there, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah, right, Jeffrey. All right. Um, so look, yes, yeah, Jaime Munguia is fun. Let's see him. And you know what else is fun? He's talking about he wants Triple G because he didn't. He was, he, of course, we have the history there. Last Cinco de Mayo, they were talking about him as the replacement opponent when he when Triple G wanted oh God, to fight and make it. The, the tainted ba- beef entered the lexicon. Canelo was on suspension and Nevada wouldn't wouldn't approve the fight. Vanis had to come in and save the day. Thank you, Vanis and Don King. No, don't thank Don King for anything. And Mungia. Shows up, blows out Saddam Ali like the next week, and we're like, oh man, this guy was kind of legit. It's a good thing he didn't get his ass handed to him by Triple G, but now he's a year older, he still wants it. He might go up to that. 160. They're both messing with the zone. Rafe, that would be a big gift to people. That would be, uh, I eat steak every day. That's a gift. That would be a hellacious fight. All right, Triple G, say, say it doesn't happen right away. Triple G, let's say, unfortunately, he gets the third Canelo fight. He finally loses clearly. He takes a real L. Come right back and fight Munguia. Damn that shit. Oh my God. Yeah, God, God, God. Uh, in the co-main event, Diego De La Hoya will take on Enrique Bernache, 10 rounds featherweights. I think we're, we're kind of ready for Diego to make that second step up. He stepped up once. He looked good. Time, we're ready for him to kind of like really step up. Uh, Patrick Teixeira is also on this undercard against Mario Lozano, the junior middleweight. You remember that guy was unbeaten. He was knocking fools out. He's a southpaw. And then Curtis Stevens in Vegas that time on that pay-per-view undercard sent him to oh, hell. Shoot. Yes. yes. First round, just yes. bang. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, Sunday night, Rafe. This is a good fight. I like these PBC FS1 Sunday night cards, Rafe. They're good, right? We saw that fight of the year with Lippinets Peterson. We saw that, uh, Uzkatagi Caleb Plant fight. And this time around, super middleweight title eliminator, loser goal. Really, it's a, it's a loser leaves town match. Two 35 year olds, two former titleists, Caleb Truex against Peter Quillen from Minneapolis on FS1. I officiated the PBC face to face that's out there. You can check out between these two. Rafe, I like this fight a lot. I like when there's a little bit of desperation involved. You find out who has it left. They might end up being a, this might be a banger because we know Quillen is a heavy counter puncher and Truex just likes to get inside on you. This could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Oh, how dare, how dare you no sell that, Rafe? Do you have a prediction? Do you care? 
I How barely you? care, man. Oh, I barely don't care. watch it. Don't you will not be allowed this, to talk about it on the show. Don't this watch is it. like a this is like a Berto Josecito fight. This is Stop basically it. putting two guys with not much left and a little bit of a name each against each other. And then the winner of it is going to get a shot. Look, it's good because the winner of it will get a payday against one of the titleists oh at 168. You can get fed to David Benavidez. You could get fed to Caleb Plant when he's not eating Mike Lee. Good. They're talking about Mike Lee for some I of these know. guys. I, I, uh, look, look. Oh, uh, stop that crap. Um, stop that yeah. Crap. So it's like this stop is this is a. Uh, across a loser goes home fight winner gets to be a ridiculous a ridiculousness opponent for a good champion at 168 i want to see some real movement i want something that moves that needle yes uh co-main event the uh sergey derevianchenko the guy who pushed daniel jacobs to the limit what's his uh, nickname again the, well, i don't know the, the technician the technician the, the... will take on jack Colquet. you remember that name uh 12 rounds ibf middleweight title eliminator i'm down for this i'm here for this that is a good ass fight man Colquet coming up from 154 where no he wasn't elite but he fought well like was competitive against demetrius andrade maciej suletsky moved up and did, did he also get to take an l against uh against uh, billy joe saunders i thought i thought Colquet lost to boo boo he did, Demetrius Andrade. Oh yeah, that's what we, that's what people call. Anyway, him. he's yeah, he fought. He was competitive against guys at 154 who are now competitive at 160, and I think this is a good fight. It's not. It's not a. Uh, it's not a blow blow. All right, not a blow blow. Hey, that'll wrap up the weekend. Do you care? That'll wrap up this show, Rafe. Hey, you know what? You and I started the show a little washed. I rolled out of bed. I hadn't slept much. I didn't know. I was said, "What are we going to talk about? We haven't planned anything." Rafe, we went over two hours. All right. We, we did, we did the business. Okay. Special thanks to Clarissa Shields, of course, for joining us. Uh, visit her collaboration this Saturday night on Showtime. But Rafe, um, put a mic in front of the two of us and we'll just make it work. We'll just, we'll make that money, playa. I think that's magic. Yes. Yes, it is. Follow us at State of Combat at Rafe Biggs on Twitter. Rafe, uh, can you sell something? Sell your editing work on Eater? Anything? Can you, you want to? Lots of great features on Eater right now. Stuff we've been pumping out week after week after week. Excellent quality magazine level food writing in long form fashion. Personal essays. You can just look at the maps and figure out where to eat, where to get a good taco, where to get some pho, whatever the hell you like to eat. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I also got those books, Basketball Love Story, yes. Two and Two, McSorley's, My Dad and Kriegel and Me, and, uh, Pacific, Pacific Rims. Rims. Pac Rims. Basketball. What's hey, this? Does Pac Rims still move books? Do you, do you sometimes get a little note from like Amazon, like, moved another Pac Rims? Unfortunately, let you behind the curtain a little bit, Brian. I don't get a note, but I am looking at the damn thing every day just to see if the ranking goes up or down. Am I at like 600,000 today and 300,000 tomorrow? That means I sold one book. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it still, it still moves a little bit and it heats up during the holidays, still available in the Philippines where it is, uh, you know, part of, Part of the basketball canon, and I'm very, very grateful and, and honored to be part of that. I love your daddy. Daddy loves that, all that. That kid think that daddy has some pot coin because daddy endorses the use of marijuana. Uh, what? Okay. Uh, love your daddy. Love this show. Love the listeners. Rafe, please give me two words for the people. We out.